This Lcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. Welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who prefers the rubber Wall Street Journal to the rubber Washington Post. Welcome, Jacob. Squeak, 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 squeak. Yeah, it's always fun. Squeak, squeak, squeak. <laughs> Why, thank you. Let me introduce our co-host, the man who had just learned he got it, he made it big, and they got hit by a fork tr- forklift. <laughs> Welcome, Drew. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Apparently, you've lost Drew. <laughs> no, I'm actually still here. Okay, good. Guess that would have been. What was Kermit's name? His uh, his uh, Phil. Phil. Yeah. He was with. He hung out with Gil and Jill Phil. and Phil. Phil. That's the other Phil. Right. Other ills. Ills. Uh, before we get too far into this episode, we need to ask a trivia question for this week, which is. What Saturday morning cartoon was inspired by a scene from The Muppets Take Manhattan? Bear in mind, this didn't just inspire this one show. It inspired an entire genre of bad Saturday morning cartoons. Jacob, I know you know the answer. Oh my gosh, The Muppet Babies. This was the, it was how you were introduced to The Muppets. Yes, I was. And I'm scarred for life. Which is why it took this show for you to finally get around to seeing real Muppet stuff. Yes. So uh, my answer is the Muppet, the Muppet Babies. Yes, Muppet Babies is the right answer. Uh, we had the ones people who got it right in the uh, in the Facebook was Heather Morgan, David Gardner, and of course my mother. Awesome. And uh, Paul J. Power uh, posted a gift that said what they said. <laughs> so just just saying, like watching this film for the first time. And knowing this little bit of trivia about the film, it comes up. I'm like, oh my gosh, it really is. The Muppet Babies. And, yeah, it is legit spot on. And bear in mind, Muppet Babies, you know when it came out? Two months after this movie. That makes sense. Because like they it was based, planned. It's like they built the sets and then they sent pictures of those sets to uh, Toei Animation, who did most of the animation for the show. Uh-huh. Was it TMS? I don't remember. I think it was one TMS. Of, one of the anime, one of the Japanese animation companies. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then liberal use of of stock footage from other shows got thrown in there too. But anyway, right. And I mean, uh, like, uh, Muppet Babies is not on Disney Plus. It is on Disney Plus. Oh, it is. Oh my I think. gosh. But, okay, I let me rephrase. I know the new Muppet Babies, which to my understanding is a horrible gutter stripe of a, of a television show, mostly because it cut out a character that was created for the original Muppet Babies. Really? Yeah. Skeeter. They took Scooter, out Skeeter. Scooter's sister is not in the new Muppet Babies show. Huh. Now, I'm saying all that's like, I didn't watch it because it's, it's, okay, so Muppet Babies, the original show. Right. I think you could watch it pretty much whatever, if you were watching Saturday morning cartoons in right. general, be it right. from three to 10 or three to 12, you mm-hmm. could probably watch Muppet babies and still get a laugh out of it from time to time. I, I know you wouldn't, but no. I mean, general, most people. Yeah. General, but the new Muppet babies is a, is a preschool show. Yes. And yeah, I like my, uh, intellect a little better than that. If amen to that. Uh, yeah, I am looking through here right quick. Cause I was curious. 
And yeah, the old Muppet Babies is not on here. Okay. Shame, 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 shame. Yeah, maybe it's like fair use. It'd be like maybe there's like tied up in legal issues. It's or probably the same copyright issues that this movie's tied up in. Probably. If we're being honest. Very true. We will get to that later, we'll, though. We'll get there when we get there. Yes. How are you doing, Jacob? Man, I'm doing very good. Um, Saturday was hot. Let's say that. No kidding. <laughs> so it's, it's Texas. Yes, it is in Texas. June, mm-hmm. which means it's preheating. Yes, it is preheating. It got to what? 90s? Yeah, 98. Yeah, 98. And you were standing along with some of, my, some of our friends, not me, because I was busy doing other things. Mm-hmm. Standing in a on a, on the in the middle of the street with a bunch of other people at Tomato Fest, which is a festival yearly festival in the town we town we live in currently. Yes, which meant good night. Y'all had to be burning up out there. Yeah, every once in a while the power would cut out, so the fans were working. Great. Yeah. So, like me and Ashley, my girlfriend, we walked around a few times. Uh, we got matching fake tattoos. It's mine is currently fading. That uh, apparently matches a rat in this movie. <laughs> it does match a rat. Mine is I don't. I, mine is not here. It's there. Yes. More uh, on that in a minute. More than on a minute. I'm actually impressed that they put a tattoo on a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> that was clever. Uh, uh, the shirt I'm wearing is from Tomato Fest. Uh, it's promoting a, a local um, coffee shop or you know a coffee shop in uh, Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're in Jacksonville and you love coffee, go buy uh, Neighbors Coffee. They're amazing. Um, other than that, uh, uh, currently my girlfriend, Ashley and her mother, uh, Colleen are Miss Colleen are currently in Dallas. They are going to Wyoming to go visit family. Well, you're just get, telling everybody where they are today. Well, I said in Dallas, I didn't give them an exact, <laughs> I didn't tell them what town or street they're on. You said Dallas, Dallas is a town. Dallas is a town. You didn't say what but community it, of Dallas they're in, but whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Nuance. I'm just giving you a hard time. So it's like, well, my girlfriend and her mother, whose name is Colleen. <laughs> it's like, what if Colleen did want her name on the internet? <laughs> they will find out. You'll find out next time. <laughs> when I get it, or I'll get an angry Texas Drew. Go on to, when you go to edit the episode, edit Colleen's name out of the show. <laughs> She doesn't want it out there. <laughs> Delete the live feed. <laughs> <laughs> Delete all evidence. It was never heard of. Pull the lever. Run the lever. Why do we even have that lever? <laughs> you programmed the lever, Dila? Really? Why? And how did you dig this pit that's underneath my computer right now? Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> oh, it's not actually. Oh, yeah, it is solid. Huh. This is a hologram. That's interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, continue. Uh, yeah. Uh, week's going pretty good. Um, I'm actually training for another position where I work. Uh, this Thursday and Friday, that's going to be interesting. I'm stuck in a box for eight hours, eight, seven hours. Uh, that's going to be interesting, but it gives me time to draw. It's just always fun. I'd say something, but I'm stuck in a cave for eight hours. So. Ah. Well, I'm pretty sure my cave is much smaller than your my 
box smaller than your cave. Uh, yeah, that's why I called mine a cave and yours, you called yours a box. <laughs> What's in the box? You don't want to know. Two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> but uh, it's going pretty good. Going pretty good. Um, I'm going to, Lord willing, I'm going to go watch Jurassic World Dominion this to this Thursday uh, because we're not we're not having Bible study Bible study for reasons. Yeah. Y'all don't need to know those reasons. No, you don't need to know I reasons. don't even know the actual reason. Right. I just know I know the, the reason. I know the complete actually, reason I think why. I know the reason, but I don't think I paid attention enough to remember the reason. Oh yeah. And I don't need to know the reason. I was invited to go to the reason. <laughs> I only know what went through my mind, but we're not yes. going to go there. No, we're not going Moving there. On, continue. <laughs> it's not that, but okay, you already have a girlfriend. You don't need more. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Moving along. <laughs> my week is going pretty well. Um, I'm hoping to get my my own Patreon started up, where I can you know promote my own art to um encourage myself to do more artwork and get people to uh, I'm pretty sure though people who would you know uh, chime in or chime you know whatever but it's just more to try to encourage me to do more art and to be more uh, productive in my art mm-hmm. and uh, I've already had people and it's like yeah that sounds a great idea it's just if you're interested be like let me know when I can you know get started on it either or uh, so yeah that has been my week what what this week has been already uh how was yours it was good uh it was, mine was a lot more uh cool yes cool is the word because i didn't get out in the heats <laughs> <laughs> i mostly hung out around the apartment and did some other things that were necessary for podcasting ah, that day hint the engineer hint the editing of the podcast uh-huh. that went out saturday and i still didn't get it up to sunday because Meh. I decided to stream. Uh, <laughs> it happens. Uh, but anyway, uh, I did go see Jurassic World Dominion. What did you think of it? I'll get into that when I actually get to what I've been watching. Oh, yeah, okay. We're not to that part. Yet. No, we're not. Uh, but yeah, that's I went into Tyler for that. And really, not much else other than I'm prepping for a project that I'm thinking of doing. Okay ironically it's connected to the show because literally the second thing we recorded for the show the lost episode that is now lost media Mm -hmm. was related to this and yes it's me attempting to untangle the plot lines of kingdom hearts for people who are trying to figure it out as they're going through the series I have not decided if it's going to be a part of the normal cellcast feed Mm -hmm. or if I'm actually going to get a separate feed for it. Mm. Might be a little bit more money for the separate feed, but I think I'll be all right. But uh, yeah, that's I am working on that. I've got pretty much an idea of what I'm doing. So keep an eye out for that. I'll let you all know when I actually put that live. Okay. Look forward to it. But it's essentially the way I'm designing it is you could, you're just, it's designed, I'm designing it where as you play the game and you complete a section of the game, you could pause. Maybe, maybe you stopped for the day and you going off somewhere else, you know, to go Mm -hmm. run, run errands or do something else you want to put on a podcast. 
and you put on this and I'll and I tell you stuff about that section of the game you played mm-hmm. about you know what happened what things you should be looking out for there who was uh, who who acted in those scenes is it the original actor from the movie who reprised their role is it not um you know things of that nature yeah it's kind of more like a I, i'm calling it a companion podcast okay because it's meant to be as it's meant to be like like a guidebook while you're going through the series i got you so yeah i'm still working on that i'm looking at maybe release starting releasing those in july okay because i do still kind of want to aim to have it out before kingdom four kingdom hearts four comes out whenever we still comes don't out. know when that is but we did have some news drop today nothing real serious okay mostly there was an interview and it was like stuff but no no, no real real information okay but yeah this is technically what remains of e3 week since gotcha. e3 has not existed since 2020 huh. thanks COVID. yeah but anyway Alrighty. So Jacob, I have a question for you. What have you been watching? Alright, what have I been watching? Uh thanks, Deedlet. Uh, so give me a friendly reminder of what we watched Sunday is, afternoon. Is it wrong to pick up girls? That in the is right. That's an interesting show. It's a very interesting show because it's one of those long titles, and it's like which because we watch so much over there yeah. sun, like Sunday afternoons. And it was like, which one did we watch again? It's like, oh, yeah, that. The one that makes you mad because they mispronounce all the names of mythological gods. That is true. That is true. Even though they're not mispronouncing the names because they literally changed the names. Yeah. It's just supposed to make you remember, think of those people. But right, anyway. Right. It's interesting. It's an interesting show. It's annoyed that they call one character Hephaestus. Yeah, Hephaestus. <laughs> Hephaestus. Uh, just, just because Loki is easy to say, no matter what language it is. <laughs> Either or, be like it's it's good. Um, I don't think I've really watched a whole lot because it's been a very busy week. I think I, I threw on uh, Ultimate Spider-Man off Disney Plus, mm-hmm. threw that in, or tune or watch that on uh, Disney Plus. Like I threw in the. VHS tape. <laughs> you, you put it on the TV, and then you got your, your art supplies out and drew while you watch television, which means you drew while you listen to television. We have one of those. One I, of those. I'm saying this knowing this is kind of what happens to me when I do stuff while I've got something playing on television. Yeah. But I still count it. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Uh, so while I was doing the news, while I was, you know, getting prepped for the, uh, this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, I threw in, I threw in, I threw in, I keep through throwing in, I, I put on Tangle, the series or Rapunzel single adventure. Ever since we're doing the series yes. at the end of these episodes. And I watched the, the, uh, the two episodes we are reviewing tonight, mm-hmm. which are very good. And I continued, continued watching because I had a little more time and, and you decided the, to go ahead and watch next week's episode episodes. Yes. <laughs> two-parter episode two-parter oh it originally gosh. aired as one episode that is true so it depends on where you go on the internet whether it's one episode or two episodes yeah either or be like this Disney plus calls it two episodes yes uh so yeah i am i am super excited for for us to review that because yes. this was the the uh the inspiration to do tangled series or rapunzel single adventure on tas yes and literally i think the third or fourth night 
of recording the show, mm-hmm. third or fourth episode. Yeah, you showed me a clip from this episode. Mm-hmm. And I went, "This is a Disney princess show." Ah, this is going places I wasn't expecting. Oh yeah, and now that I'm watching, okay, yeah, I follow. <laughs> yeah, it is still a Disney princess show, but it's a fun show. Yeah, there's. I'm I'm not going to give anything away because be like obviously you haven't seen it right. The next episode, yeah, yeah. When we recorded these episodes originally for the separate part, I've seen it. I saw uh, it. Oh, okay. We got like maybe like we've got. I think it's only four more episodes until we get to the stuff I've not watched. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's right. But either or, be like, I can't wait to review this for you guys. It's going to be fun. It's probably there again. It is the 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 inspiration for doing TAS in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. So yeah, looking forward to that. And the one where Rapunzel loses her memory is that it's either that one or like the one right after it. Oh yeah, yeah. One I watched. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because we got really we got we were original- almost done with season two, and I was backed up a month's worth of shows and couldn't get them couldn't get time in my schedule right and still be a sane human being <laughs> to right. get them edited so and it, is, it didn't get done for three years <laughs> it, it sounds like season one <laughs> yes so in, instead instead of going back and doing editing which would take a lot more time we're just going to review them at that's, the end that's of the what we're doing that's yeah what we're doing so. which is very, it, it, it's honestly easier just to start just to do it the way we're doing it right now yes than even the way we were doing it before because scheduling yes because Agreed. we have busier schedules than we realize true when we were originally making these plans because mm-hmm. we were initially making these plans it was march of 2020 yeah we had plenty of time <laughs> in march 2020 come 2021 different story, story. but anyway. yeah anyways so yeah I, I watched that while i was doing notes and uh yeah oh my gosh first episode amazing second episode oh my gosh so good and it's just the series gets better and better so if you're not watching rapunzel single adventure or Tangle of the series on Disney Plus. Go watch or it. Or whatever you want to call it this week. Yeah, whatever you want to watch called yeah, just go watch it. It's good. The Tangled Show. Yeah, the Tangled Show. No, no, no. The Shorty Show. The Shorty Show. <laughs> if you don't know, you don't know. Let's say that. Moving on. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that is all I've been watching far is yeah. Just a lot of YouTube and yeah. A lot of YouTube and trying to get more into uh more personal Bible studies and mm-hmm. it's like that, that is more trying to find a good uh, Bible study that isn't a, a, a lecture. And then it gives you one verse. Yeah. That is irritating. I um, know what you mean, but mm-hmm. the first thought that went through my head was um, that thing Chase told us about of that preacher who spent 20 30 years going through one book of the bible oh yeah and you know some of those like he, he had to have been do averaging three words a sermon from the bible oh yeah <laughs> i've been in one of those for like two and a half years yeah at our church i knew, I knew what you missed like yes. you want a deep something deep that will actually go into what's going on instead of yeah. it being random verse number 560 that happens to support what what the message the person's trying yeah. to get out exactly i knew what you meant mm-hmm. but i was like some people would fight you over this. 
It's like, oh yeah, I, I listened to, I listened, I, I read one verse, be like, oh yeah, that's all I need is one little verse. Uh, I think you need a little more. It's called context people, but either or. Uh, so yeah, that's all I've been watching. What have you been watching, Jerp? Oh, <sighs> <laughs> uh, this is going to be interesting. Okay, so do you know about Mystery Science Theater 3000? Yes. Okay. What I watched was not Mystery Science Theater 3000, but okay. the semi-spinoff thing that came out afterwards called Rift Tracks. Okay. I watched two movies that they had riffed on. Okay. One was called A Talking Cat. A talking... You have to say it that way. A Talking Cat. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's a talking cat. Okay. <laughs> Cats don't talk. But anyway, no, it's a really cheap movie. Okay. <laughs> Poorly edited. And the story makes no sense. But the crazy thing is the cat apparently, the cat does talk, hmm. but he can only talk to one person once. And then he can't ever talk to him again. Interesting. So when they show the cat talking, you, you remember stuff like um, Cats versus Dogs? Yes. That movie, or perhaps the underdog. Yeah. How they have this nice, good 3D animation to make the mm-hmm. dogs and the cats, you know, mouths move like they're actually producing human speech. Right. That's not what happens here. Oh, no. This was Photoshop. And they didn't edit in anything underneath the gap where they tried to put it. So it look, make, make it look literally as like they moved the cat's mouth up and down. With a, the black void of nothingness behind it. <laughs> Whoa. Like, what is going oh on? <laughs> and it would not stop. The movie kept going. Oh and it was gosh. dumb and it was stupid. And I enjoyed myself because watching, listening to them make fun of it. I will never look at a. Uh, what was it? They, they had. The, 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 not spinach puffs because that's Emperor's New Groove. Uh, anyway, it's is a weird movie, but that's not the only Rift Tracks movie okay. I watched this week. Okay, I also watched something called To Catch a Yeti. Okay, what is this? No, it is not a. Uh, It is not the Bigfoot version of To Catch a Predator. Okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, bro. It is literally the this guy accidentally takes this small kind of a creature home that happens to have big feet after he got done hiking in the Himalayas. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, crap. And they break, he brings it home and never realizes that. How do you, how you get this kind of a creature because i say he's a small creature mm-hmm. i'm saying he's not bigfoot oh, okay he's not a sasquatch he's literally like the size of a beach ball wow okay they, how he got him home in that bag and didn't realize that it was the he had to have been the only thing in that bag i will never know not to mention they get it home it's like oh he can't survive in this weather because it's too hot. I'm thinking he survived in the bottom of that aircraft to get here in the first place. <laughs> and it is the most ugliest, cheapest looking puppet slash suit thing 
you've ever seen. Wow. It is, it was a stupid movie. Okay. As it should be. Wow. <laughs> and of course it's that thing. It's like, it's like Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, we can't, we can't, we got to keep him because he's our friend and all. Oh, but now we got to get him back because the evil men are, go- are, are going to try and capture him if we don't get him back to his family. Oh, wow. It's like, no flipping kidding. This is not a good Tokusatsu show, is what I'm saying. Oh, this wow. is this is bad. But yeah, I still enjoyed watching that. Wow. You know what that reminds me of? What? Like it's not as silly or stupid, but it's the the videos you see quite often because I love watching those like pet rescue things. Mm-hmm. So this guy, he's coming off like a hunt or something like that, and he finds this little puppy dog that's lost, and he brings the dog home with him. Yeah, and it's a very unique little dog. And so he brings it home a couple months later. Surprise! It's a raccoon. Surprise! It's a it's a, a coyote. Oh, <laughs> it's a coyote. It's a coyote. <laughs> you could tell because the because of the catalog for Acme products he had with him. <laughs> Big anvil, bong, <laughs> and he just had this it's insatiable thirst to hunt down uh, roadrunners. Yes, which ironic- have, have you seen that before? That is awesome. Which ironically. You know who's faster? Coyotes or Roadrunners? Coyotes. Coyotes are actually faster. <laughs> I've, I've actually seen that in real life. I have been lied to my whole life. <laughs> I actually saw one be like in my in 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 person mm-hmm. was like I saw a coyote and a Roadrunner and the Roadrunner took off the coyote grabbed it. <laughs> I was like, what the? That's not the way this works. <laughs> That's not how this works. That's not how any of this, this works. works. <laughs> Except that it's how it works. Anyway, anyways, uh, we, we yeah. are feisty tonight. Yes, we are. This is gonna be a fun episode. So, was that was that everything you watched? Uh, no, I also watched some episodes of Spy Family because it's my current favorite anime, mm. and I am going to go on the record right here and right now that episode ten of Spy Family is the greatest tournament arc in all of anime, and it's dodgeball. <laughs> And it doesn't end. It ends about the way you expect it would end for this show. Oh, wow. <laughs> but there is, I don't want to give too much away, but they do the whole like training type of thing, except it's kids. Yeah. And they throw in allusions to different things. Like at one point, the guy, the kid is imagining himself, you know, training to catch this ball. Mm hmm. And all in his imagination springs up, and after a couple seconds, you realize, "Holy crap, kids on Namek! This is <laughs> Dragon Ball Z." It's like, how do you do that? I know it's Shueisha, so you can get away with crap like that, but this is not Toei Animation <laughs> that's doing this. How did you get away with that? And of course, it, they got away with it because it, it was all it really looked like was blue sky, green, you know, green sky, blue grass. But okay. Like Namek always is. It's like I could be anywhere. We didn't see any Namekians. I don't know what you're talking about. And the energy ball was not blue, it was purple. <laughs> and then they did an allusion to Naruto by having having these kids pretend to do a shadow technique, a double team technique. It's like <laughs> How are you getting away with this? Next thing you're gonna tell me you're gonna put them on a pirate ship to go find the one piece. Or the second piece. <laughs> yeah, the second piece. No, that, that wouldn't have made sense with what they were doing. But it was a funny episode. And oh it was one gosh. I giggled and laughed at the whole stinking time. And 
it ends about the way it would have to. But there's a point there where, you know, you get into the actual tournament and the kid who is the kid to beat, they show him and he towers over all the other kids. Uh-huh. He looks like a 20 year old amongst these six year olds. And it has the gall to pop up the text underneath it to say his name is like age six thinking bull hockey at a kid's <laughs> age six but they they continue because they do a little thing where they sh- show that kid training and at one point his father comes up and the kid who looks to be 20 only comes up to this guy's waist it's like <laughs> how this guy has the proportions of an adult and he's only that size this guy looks like a midget except he's not a midget he's a six-year-old anyway Oprah early puberty it was a a, no because he's still got a high-pitched voice no i'm sorry no he doesn't he has a low-pitched voice i'm swear if they if (laughs) crunchyroll which is what essentially uh, has all the funimation in it at this Mm -hmm. point because it's essentially all crunchyroll now yeah if they don't have chris sabbat voice in this guy in the dub and he's not doing the vegeta voice or better yet piccolo (laughs) i will not be a happy camper because that is too freaking easy I want Piccolo voicing this kid. <laughs> so get on it. Get on it, Crunchyroll. <laughs> Chris Sabat, Piccolo, voicing this kid age six. <laughs> I can't remember the kid's name, but it was like Billy Masterson or something like oh, that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But yeah, I watched that. And of course, this uh, this movie and the... This, but I also watched... Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah. What was your thought on that? So I'm going to admit to you that most, when I go into a Jurassic Park franchise movie, Mm -hmm. which encompasses all six movies, I'm going in assuming I'm getting something like Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. I'm expecting hard Mm sci-fi that's based on procedures and such and is is interesting, cool sci-fi thing. I'm not going in expecting a kaiju movie and there is a difference right because kaiju movies while they are also sci-fi in most cases Mm -hmm. they're also buck rogers sci-fi not uh you know hard science fiction right like the original jurassic park actually was if you read the book yeah i've read the original jurassic Park. i have too it is very hard science fiction Mm -hmm. it has and but in the movie's the movie even follows that. Even the second uh, movie, I've not read the second book, follow, is still a kind of a hard science fiction show. And I don't remember the third movie. And Jurassic World is like that. But somewhere <laughs> in Jurassic Fallen Kingdom, in Fallen Kingdom, they decided these are not science fiction, hard science fiction movies anymore. They're kaiju movies. And unfortunately, Fallen Kingdom is not a good kaiju movie. <laughs> but somehow, I have no idea how Colin Trevorrow did this. The guy who backed out of episode nine of Star Wars and really should have kept writing it, in my opinion. I have no idea how he pulled this off, but he actually made something I would say is on par with Godzilla versus Kong. Interesting. That's about where I put it. Okay. It's it's a popcorn munching movie. Yeah. It's a fun movie. It's the kind of movie it's like, okay, now you have to have all these characters meet for no good reason other than sheer coincidence. Three two one there we go <laughs> it's like that that kind of time it's like 
okay, you have all, you have these three parties of characters running all around the island. When are they going to meet up? Three, two, one. Ah, there we go. <laughs> and now we all have to clamber together so we can make it back to the main thing so we can get off on the helicopter. No, this isn't taking place on an island. This is taking place in the Himalayas. Why is everything in the Himalayas this week? I don't know. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fun movie. I, as much as I'm making fun of it and joking, it was mm. one of those things where it's like about five minutes into it, I realized this is not meant to be a, a thinking movie, for lack of a better term. Mm. It's not meant to be something that's like positing like what would it, it's it's trying to. It's yeah. trying to have this kind of environmental message about how we should all coexist because we're all stuck in this world together. Right. It's kind of what it's trying to get out. Right. At the same time, I'm sitting there going, go T-Rex, you're going to beat this guy. There's no way you can lose because you're the superhero of this franchise. <laughs> Does it matter that this Carnivorosaurus Rex or whatever his name was <laughs> is the biggest, they say this twice, the biggest carnivore that's ever existed on planet Earth. I'm thinking... Yeah, that's great for him. T-Rex is going to bite his neck off because that's how this works. Because <laughs> it's T-Rex. He's been the hero since the first movie. Don't you mean she? Because it's a she. <laughs> I don't know if this is the same T-Rex. I don't know if it's female. <laughs> By this time, they can make males. That is true. It's only the first movie where they're all females. Mm. Okay. Now, well, never being, mind. That being said, Blue has a child. Yeah. She's a female. And they did say, you can't have any children. You're, you're only a girl. It's like, are you saying there's no male velociraptors? <laughs> because that's what it sounds like you're saying. <laughs> either or, either or. Uh, so kind of following that, kind of following and, and, and the, the point where there's a, there's a point in the movie. This is the last thing I'm going to say. Okay. They've captured, they, they've, they finally caught. Blue's kid that they went across half the world to get to, to find after Blue's yeah. kid had been kidnapped right. because Chris Pratt made a promise to a raptor to a raptor, <laughs> <laughs> and he's got he's got Blue's kid knocked out and slung over his back, wearing him like a backpack. And uh, Alan Grant says, "Is that a dinosaur?" And Chris Pratt goes, "Yeah," and you just let him stay there. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I promise. You promised a dinosaur. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, how hard is this to follow? <laughs> All the characters are like spot on. Okay. I think the only character that I, the only character I really didn't get into was the character that seems to change every movie. And that's the, uh, the Japanese guy that is the scientist who was behind the cloning techniques in the first place who keeps showing up in these movies. Oh, Wong? Wong. Yeah. yeah. He's a different, he seems like he's different every, in every movie. Okay. In this one, he's kind of that, I made a mistake, yes, and think? I want to fix it. It's like, yeah, the mistake in this movie, though, is not the dinosaurs. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, 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 I'll, I'll find out this Thursday. <laughs> there is a plague. I think the next ones are are frogs and, uh, and shadows. <laughs> oh, gosh. There's a plague of locusts in this movie, dude. Oh, my gosh. So my my first my first thought on Jurassic World Dominion, which you haven't seen, which yet. I have not seen. My first initial thoughts was like, "Oh, great! What kind of train wreck are we going to get into now?" It's, because it's the good kind of train wreck. Okay. It is a train wreck. 
do not get me wrong. This is not the hard science fiction movie I've been wanting them to do for the past six movies. Right. This is this is like no, this is Godzilla. We need to get right done. This is Godzilla with dinosaurs. Okay. And we're gonna have fun with it. Okay. There is there is some hard science fiction stuff, but you've got the no, really, it is it is Godzilla because you got the company, the scientific company that's going to fix all the problems, but they're secretly evil. Of course, that's not a spoiler. No, that's not. No, because you know it the minute they show up. It's like, oh, you're the bad guys. You're going to be the bad guys. It doesn't. I don't care what news tripe you're giving me. How of all the good they're doing, you're the bad guys. And then three seconds later, they're using biosynth products or whatever the name of the company is. Goes, and she goes, I bet they are. It's like. Yeah, because they're the bad guys. <laughs> uh, what I've heard about this film, like reviews. Sorry, I, I, re- I have gone off on a little bit. <laughs> re- reviews in the whole bit have been relatively positive. There has been kind of like a mixed bag, definitely when it comes to reviews. Yeah. Like reviewers, like people who do this stuff for a living, like praise the movie. It's really well done. And then the audience is kind of a dumpster fire. <laughs> Because the audience doesn't know what to do with movies that were just made to be fun and stupid. And that's all this is. This is a fun and stupid movie. Okay. It's not meant to be even uh, MCU level of action comedy. It's meant we're just going to have fun and, have, and be stupid about it. Okay. And have, a, and have a good story that you can have fun with. Okay. I did, I did read an Unless it's something like The Expendables, where it's like, look at the big name of actors who've been in all these action movies for years and who can't act their way out of a paper bag, and we're going to put them all in the same movie together. <laughs> I get the feeling this is kind of like with the Fast and Furious franchise in its later years, if I ever got to them, it would be about that level. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. So let's get into news. Yeah. We, we, we've. Hang on. The Cellcast News with your host, Jacob Heron. Why, thank you, Dlet. Uh, so, Drew did mention two things that are in the news right now. Crunchyroll and Dragon Ball. Yes. Okay. So apparently the other day, Crunchyroll. Today, actually. Yeah, today, actually. So Crunchyroll, Toei Animation unveiled additional details of the global theatrical release of Dragon Ball Super Superhero, which is an odd name. It is a very stupid name. Agreed. Uh, The news film of the worldwide animation blockbuster franchise included a new trailer, the voice, the English voice cast. The film will be available the in English voice cast is 90% who you think it is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Yeah. If you've ever watched anything, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball Super or Dragon Ball yeah. GT, it's the same cast. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Gohan is being, vo- you know, Piccolo is, and Vegeta are being voiced by Chris Sabbath. <laughs> who would have seen it coming? Sean Schemmel is Goku, <laughs> as he's been for the past 20 years. <laughs> Hey, you get paid to do it? Why not? Yes, it's his first acting role, and it's the acting role he's still doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, the film will be available both in an English dub and subtitled uh, in, you know, it's sub, and will arrive in more than 2,300 theaters in the United States and Canada on August 19th, 
with tickets going on sale starting July 22nd. And you won't know if it's in your area till then. Pretty much. Which the film means we won't know until like the week before. Probably, 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 probably. Anyway. The film also will be released in select US-based IMAX theaters. All right. So I bet not ours. Probably not. All right. Summary. The Red Ribbon Army. Try saying that three times fast. Red Ribbon. Robin, yum. yum. <laughs> the Red Ribbon Army. Yes. Was, uh, was behind one, all the androids. Yes. Was once destroyed by Son Goku or Goku. Twice. <laughs> Twice, apparently. Individually. Well, he killed. He, he destroyed the, the bulk of the Red Ribbon Army in Dragon Ball. And then he destroyed all the androids created to that were part of the Red Ribbon Army in Dragon Ball Z. Except for the True. one that married, uh, which Krillin is still weird, <laughs> and her brother. What? Her brother? Yeah. Wait. What? <laughs> yes, her brother is still alive. Uh, yeah, I knew the that. other android that was from that's that, right. That android uh, seven, no, 17, 18? 18. 18. 17. Yeah, either or. I don't remember which is which. <laughs> right. I just um, know it's not nineteen or twenty because twenty was Doctor Zero and nineteen was a clown. <laughs> All right, so carrying on. Uh, it was her brother who won the last tournament. But anyway. <laughs> Drew is not a Dragon Ball fan at all. <laughs> I still haven't finished Super. I just know what's going to happen. All right, so individuals who carry on the spirit of the Red Ribbon Army have created the ultimate android. Um, a Gamma 1 and a Gamma 2. These two androids call themselves the super the superheroes. They start attacking Goku and Gohan. Surprise, surprise. What is what is the new Red Ribbon Army's objective in the face of... Uh, to take over the world! Of course. Of course. And it's time to arrive is superhero. Uh, let's see. In other news, one of the upcoming anime features uh, is making a splash on this Tuesday, directed by Peggy Holmes. Luck, which premieres worldwide on Apple TV Plus on April 5th. Uh, the team behind which the the team behind the movie will screen some of the footage and take uh, talk about the making of the film. Uh, this is uh, made by Sun uh, Sundance Animation Animation's first animated feature. This is the same studio behind. This J.J. Abrams, I believe. Hmm. All right. So, and going, uh, let's see. And speaking of, uh, apparently at this uh, Annery Festival, I might pronounce it wrong, uh, audience members today were treated with the first, at, uh, first look at The Spot, a new villain for the Sony Pictures animated two-part sequel, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, set to be voiced by Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson featured Jason. I'm gonna butcher this man's name. Schwartzman. Yeah, Schwartzman. Thank you. By James. Uh, by Jason Schwartzman. Uh, describes. Uh, described as Miles. Bur- I want to say Miles Morales. Morales. I want to say Miles Brower. <laughs> Miles Morales. No, that's a different person. That's a fox. That's a fox with two-tailed fox. Uh, most formidable foe yet. The character has superpower spots on his body that he can send can send him into any dimension he chooses. He is a deep cut for a villain. Yes. 
And I think I, I watched an episode from Spider-Man, the animated series, which he's in. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's who this guy is. It just dawned on me. It's like, oh, that's who this cat is. Right. All right. So, yeah. And it, it goes on to like who like who is uh, Oscar Isaac going to be Spider-Man 2099. 2099. Yeah. 2099. That's what I meant to say. Um, he was uh, 2099 in the last movie, too. There in that after credit scene. That's right. Uh Isaiah Ray uh, is going to be Jessica Dr- Jessica Drew, our Spider Woman, and yeah, this is this is uh, to me it looks it's because Spider Man, uh, crap. What was what's the first film called? I'm sorry, Into the Spider Into the Spider Verse. What's the phenomenal film? We've already reviewed it. Go check it out. We'll review this one when it comes out. Probably yes, we will. Uh, so that is all we have for info and stuff unless you have something else not that i know of which means we need to get into the spoiler free section of our review certified fresh and spoiler free so muppets take manhattan i don't know how many times i've seen this movie because this is one i watched a lot as a kid along with the other two big muppet movies that came before this being muppet movie and uh great muppet caper that i watched on uh bootleg vhs as my grandpa recorded off television Mm -hmm. i've seen this movie quite a number of times from beginning to end and this is i think the most different of the original trilogy from the others Mm. in my opinion um if you're asking if i think you should go find it and watch definitely gonna say yes um or watch it on tubi or watch it on tubi yes it's a fun movie it's um it's got an interesting story it definitely doesn't want to make me live in new york city (laughs) (laughs) because it's interesting it's like you know the muppet movie kind of gave you a fairy tale version of america and los angeles Uh uh-huh and the great muppet caper gave you his fairy tale look at modern day london and england in general so you get to the muppets take manhattan and you get 1980s manhattan (laughs) before it got cleaned up yeah like even this movie they kind of cleaned it up it's like what's that sound oh yeah that's just new york i know it's actually miss piggy back there but it looks like domestic abuse (laughs) (laughs) which we do not promote we do not promote (laughs) but it's like on one hand i bet you that is what they're thinking it is but they're all turning a blind eye Moving on. Don't do that. Don't turn blind eye. Yeah. Um, Call it when you see it. But yeah, this is the last of the original Muppet trilogy mm. of films. We wouldn't get another film till uh, uh, Muppet, Muppet Christmas Carol in uh, 1992, 93. I can't remember the exact okay. year that came out. There is another Jim Henson film that comes out after the set. We'll see after the release, which is Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. The next mm-hmm. quote unquote Muppet movie we're going to be going over. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great eventually. movie. Uh, but other than that, I mean, yeah, this is a fun movie. Now, I did mention that we have no- noted that this is not on Disney Plus. Yeah. Because this was not one of the films that uh, was available when Disney bought the Muppets. Mm hmm. What happened was, uh, you know, the first two movies, actually the first three movies, mm-hmm. if you're counting Dark Crystal along with that, 
were released by ITC. Okay. ITC went out of business like right after Dark Crystal came out. Really? If I remember correctly. Uh, so when they went to go get funding to make this movie, they shopped it around and it got bought by Columbia TriStar. Hmm. When they went to go start releasing a lot of these movies on home video, most of the old ITC library, you know, the Muppet movie, mm-hmm. Dark Crystal and Great Muppet Caper, went to Universal, of all places. Right. And they released it for a while. Well, at some point, uh, the rights went back and forth. Dark Crystal, I think, is now at Sony. But I'd have to double check that. Yeah. Because I don't remember who actually owns the rights to that one now. But when it came time for Disney to... And of course, Disney produced uh, Great uh, Muppet Christmas Carol and Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah. And then they went back to Sony for Muppets from Space. Okay. That's why Muppets from Space and this movie are still owned by, Tri- are still released via Tri- Columbia TriStar, is because they owned, they produced the movie. Yeah. Whereas. All the other Disney, all the other stuff went to Disney because it went back to Jim Henson, and now all the Jim Henson Muppet stuff is owned by Disney. Yes, much like the movie, so, uh, the, the the original show. But anyway, mm-hmm. this movie though is still owned by Sony, and it's not go, going moving out of that anytime soon. Right. Hopefully, they'll they've made a similar deal with like they're making with Sony over the Spider Man films to get all the stuff in one place streaming wise. Yeah, because they are working on that with Sony for Spider Man. Okay. Well, at least they're working on something. Well, I think Netflix technically got like a first rights, and then after it leaves Netflix, it goes to Disney Plus for the Spider-Man films. Okay. But this film, I have no idea. Okay. So, yeah, this one and Muppets from Space are the only ones that are released by Columbia TriStar, and they don't do much to promote them. In fact, the Blu-ray copy that I have, it looks like the cheapest way they could have put this movie out. Wow. They didn't even really give it a good transfer no. for being honest it's fact i think it's actually worse than the great muppet caper transfer disney did mm. um i mean heck the dv the blu-ray menu doesn't even put the name of the movie on the menu no it doesn't which is weird mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's still a good movie it has a it's a different way of telling the story it's a lot almost it's almost a darker muppet movie than a lot of the ones we've had before that and i, I agree it. so yeah okay uh this is my first time watching it there again i the only real experience i grew up watching muppets was watching the muppet babies which apparently muppet was exactly hush hush when your world looks kind of weird and you wish that you aren't there just hush. close your eyes and hush. make believe hush. you can be hush. anywhere <laughs> I haven't seen this show in years. And I know the theme song still. I, I, I try to forget it, but either or I, I wasn't the biggest fan of that show either or, but watching this, watching this movie, this was interesting. This was an interesting film. It was enjoyable to watch. Uh, it's definitely, it's the, the, the Muppets from the earlier years. And it's, it's, it's the same, it's the same old gags, the same old, it, it's, it's that same old enjoyable thing that uh, Jim Henson did. Mm-hmm throughout his career and it's enjoyable. And I understand why the Muppet, the uh, Muppet babies were created due to this film. Um, other than that, be like, it's, it's a really, I'm feel like I'm repeating myself. It's an enjoyable film. It's yeah. an enjoyable film. Uh, there are some little problems here and there with this film because every problem has films 
or every film has problems and vice versa. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, nah, it's worth, it's, it's worth, a, it's worth watching on Tubi. Okay. Not saying anything bad about it. Just yeah. it's worth, worth watching on Tubi. If you can't find the, the Blu-ray or All the right. DVD. Well, uh, considering I think mine was like one of the last things I ever bought from Hastings. Mm. No, 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 no. I miss Hastings. Yes. Anyway, let's uh, continue on talking about this film after the bumper so we can get to spoiling this thing. The Cell Cast would like to thank the following patrons. Josh Adams, Ashley Cronin Bitter. To get your name on the show plus uncut episodes, early access to the Cell Cast plus reviews and special art from Jacob, please donate to us on Patreon. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. Geek Devotions is a collaboration of devoted geeks that are devoted to letting people know that they are loved. They produce a weekly geek culture-infused devotional, their podcast Com Talk, another podcast where they talk about bad movies called Bottom Shelf, and another podcast where they read books, allegedly. Uh, and they and there are written articles, all designed to encourage and challenge people in the geek community, bridging the gap between their faith and their geekdoms. Find all their content at geekdevotions.com. This show is a part of Pop Americana. For more great shows like this one, please check the link in the episode description. Do you like Star Wars? I don't just mean the original trilogy. Along with that, I mean the prequels, the sequels, the anthologies, the animated shows, and of course, (laughs) who doesn't like Baby Yoda? Well, if you've been in the fandom for any length of time, you know how toxic the fandom can get. And if you'd like to be able to discuss a galaxy far, far away in a much more positive light, might I suggest searching out The Outer Rim, a Facebook group dedicated to all Star Wars, and check out their YouTube channel, which you can easily find at Pop Americana which the podcast you're currently listening to is also a part of. To find that and more, check out the link in the description. If you don't want to be spurred, then turn it off new. Perfect. You're not going to ask for a translation? Yes, translation. Oh, it's just, the following is a spoiler-filled review for the, for the, for the Muppets Take Manhattan. Listener discretion is advised. I don't know how I learned how to do Swedish chef, but it's, it's pretty good. Yes. Uh, the Muppets Take Manhattan was written <laughs> and directed by Frank Oz, who also directed Little Shop of Horrors, the one yes. with Rick Moranis in it. Mm-hmm. It was also written by Tom Padgett and Jay Tarsus. Cast for this one includes, of course, Jim Henson as Kermit the Frog, Rolf, Dr. Teef, Waldorf, Swedish Chef, Ernie, Granny, Horse and Carriage Rider, Link Hogthrob, The Newsman. And, uh, oh, by the way, this first couple, I I pulled from the same location of their stuff. Really? Of what else they did, because I bet you didn't know that the Muppets were on Saturday Night Live for a time. Regular cast members of Saturday Night Live for a time. Really? Only in the first season, back when it was still just called Saturday Night, because okay. of some legal issues. I, I right. And it was just a uh, a uh, segment where they just kind of did the same kind of skit, but you know, they changed, or same setting of a skit yeah. called uh, 
the land of Gorch. Really? Yeah. It was a kind of a aliens on a strange planet. And on that one, uh, Jim Henson played King Plubus. Huh. But it's only in season one. And apparently uh, the SNL writers, since they were the ones who had to write it because of the way the stuff came back and forth. Right. And the SNL writers hated the concept of this little segment. It didn't go very far. And the writing was not that great. But technically, those were Muppets. And they were in the Muppet movie. Because they had to pull every Muppet they could for that last shot. <laughs> uh, Frank Oz, who I mentioned directed this, also is the voice of Miss Piggy, Fozzie, Animal, Bert, Cookie Monster, Ocean Breeze Soap Board member, and Sam the Eagle. And he was the mighty Favog in that Land of those Land of Gorge segments. Jerry Nelson. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Okay, yeah. hold on. Oh, Be yeah, like he's also Yoda. Yeah. Just saying. Be like, you're you're missing Yoda of all characters. Just saying. All right, continue. Yeah, missing Yoda. <laughs> Jerry Nelson was the voice of Camilla, New Zealand, Floyd, Bear, Chicken, Crazy Harry, Dog, Dr. Julius Strangepork, Granny, Penguin, and Pops. And in those Land of Gorge segments, he was Scred. Scred? Scred. Okay. Character's name. Oh, yeah, yeah, one of the rats. Yeah, <laughs> no. Not on the Land of Gorge segments. He was just called Scred. Oh, okay, never mind. I thought there was a rat in this movie called no. Scred. Never mind. Richard Hunt was uh, the voice of Scooter, Statler, Janice, Beaker, and Dog. And this is the last of these Land of Gorge ones. He played a character named Weiss, which was apparently a pothead, or the equivalent thereof. <laughs> and the son, the disappointing son of the king. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> David Goals voiced Gonzo, Chester the Rat, Bill the Frog, Zoot, Beauregard, Jim the Dog, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew, and a penguin. And on the television show Dinosaurs, he played uh, the father, Earl Sinclair. Mm. Steve Whitmire was the voice of Rizzo the Rat, Gil the Frog, Baby Kermit, Chicken, and a college student in the audience. And he was Ernie in Sesame Street. He replaced Jim Henson as Ernie in, uh, after Jim Henson passed. Oh, okay. On that sh- on uh, Sesame Street, uh, Juliana Donald was played Jenny, and in the uh, Lupin the Third Castle of Cagliostro streamlined dub, not the dub we watched, but the really? one where they called uh, Lupin Wolf. Yeah, she played the waitress in that. That's really? in that restaurant. Okay, yeah. It was literally her first role. This was her second role. <laughs> wow. Uh, Lonnie Prince was Ronnie Crawford, and he played a character named Neil Kellerman in Dirty Dancing. Hmm. Louis Zorich was the voice of Pete, the owner of the uh, restaurant. Ah, right. You know, people's is people's. Mm-hmm. Rats is people's. Rats in the kitchen. I'm go- I don't know. I don't know the whole thing. He, he, uh, he played uh, Bert Butchman in the television show Mad About You. And Art Carney was the voice of Bernard Crawford. You know, the, the father yeah. of uh, Ronnie. But his most famous role was on the orig- the show, The Honeymooners. Okay. He was Ed Norton, the uh, best friend, the Barney Rubble of that show. Okay. Uh, then we get into the cameos, which I didn't actually go into what they what they right. acted in outside of this. But anyway, yes. James Coco played Mr. Skeffington, who was the owner of Mr. Schnookums. <laughs> Dabney Coleman was Martin Price slash Murray Plotsky. Oh my gosh, I love that scene. 
Gregory Hines played the roller skater. That's who that was. Linda Lavin played Kermit's doctor. Joan Rivers was the perfume saleswoman. Yes. Elliot Gould was the cop in Pete's. Mm -hmm. Liza Minnelli as herself. Yes. Which is a funny scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brooke Shields as a customer in Pete's. That was, I was like, what? (laughs) Francis Berger as Leonard Winesop's receptionist. True. The Honorable Ed Koch as the mayor of New York from 1978 to 1989. They got him while he was still mayor. Wow. <laughs> That's how he's credited in there as the Honorable Edward Koch. Wow. Uh, John Landis played Leonard Weinsop Jr. Okay. And Vincent Sardi Jr. played himself, the owner of the rest- of Sardi's restaurant. Really? The actual owner of the restaurant played himself in this movie. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Kingdom Hearts connections. They're actually connections? There is a connection. You know what the problem here is? What? I wrote down that the guy who's the connection was a train conductor in this and was additional voices in Kingdom Hearts 3, but I didn't write down the guy's name. <laughs> Hang on. Womp, womp, womp. John Eric Bentley is our Kingdom Hearts connection for this week. He was the train conductor in this movie. And in Kingdom Hearts 3, he is additional voices. Okay. What do we got in info and stuff? All right. If my news were roll past. All right. Uh, Info and stuff. Uh, IMDB, it has a 6.8 out of 10. Uh, You're able to watch it on Tubi, which is free, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Production was by Henson Associates. uh, uh, Distribution was by TriStar Pictures which I believe was later by bought out by Sony. TriStar and Columbia, I think were already a combined company at this uh-huh. point or two sides of the same movie studio, basically. Mm-hmm. And then Sony bought them. I don't know at what point I can look that up while you're going through stuff. If yeah. You want. All right. So the movie was released on July 13th, 1984. So going in the box office, uh, it doesn't give me I'll be like, I could not find the estimated budget for this film. So we don't have any of that to go on. All right. So it's opening weekend for the United States and Canada was $4.4 million on July 15th, 1984. It's U.S. gross was $25.5 million and it's worldwide was the same. So okay. going into home video, Sony bought Columbia and TriStar Pictures at the same time in 1989 so five years after this movie okay so that explains a lot all right so home video unlike previous henson video now unlike previous henson films the muppet film the muppet movie the muppet the the great muppet caper and the dark crystal I think this is some of what Drew had stated earlier, but mm-hmm. we're going to say it again. The Muppets Take Manhattan were originally released for TriStar Pictures and not produced by ITC Films, mainly because ITC was suffering from extreme financial difficulties at the time. They were dying. They were dying, like, apparently. And unlike the previous film, the distribution rights for the Muppets, Muppets Take Manhattan did revert to the Jim Henson Company in 1998. But it did not revert. Did not revert to the Walt Disney Company in 2004. Due to this, it is one of the three Muppet films, along with 
Muppets from Space and the direct-to-video feature Muppets are Kermit's Swamp Years. That's right. Yeah. These uh, these home video distribution rights are still controlled by Sony Pictures and not by uh, Walt Disney Studios. I forgot about the straight-to-DVD Kermit Swamp Years. It's kind of a meh movie. Kind of a meh movie? Okay. It's not bad, but it's just like, and there's a reason it's straight to video. We'll, we'll eventually get around to it. Yeah, eventually. All right. The Muppets Man- Man- the Muppets Take Manhattan was the was first released on VHS, and the now defunct C E C E T uh, video disc format, the C- capacitance disc, the C E D capacitance disc. Okay, yeah, it, it, I've never heard of this. I only know of it because I watched uh, some YouTube stuff uh, that uh, Technology Connections did. Mm-hmm. And he was doing like this full, like he was going through like these major video formats that and that were released by different companies and mm-hmm. going through like the full history of them. And he got to CED, which is like what happens if you try to make a, a laser disc out of vinyl, basically. Okay. But it uses like, some kind of magnetic capacitance is somehow involved with it. And it was one of those things where had RCA gotten their heads out of their butts and got it done 10 years, finished 10 years before they did. It actually would have beat out Laserdisc. Really? And actually was actually a better product than Laserdisc, but Laserdisc was already on its way out when the capacitance disc came out. Really? That's interesting. That's an interesting bit of trivia. Uh, go watch that. Th- those videos that he did. Those were, they were very interesting. Okay. Uh, this was formatted by CBS Fox video in 1985, which was reissued in 1991, followed by the release from, uh, Columbia TriStar home video and Jim Henson home entertainment Mm -hmm. on June 1st, 1999, the 1999, 1999 VHS contains a slightly edited cut of the previous version. Uh, possibly derived from the TV broadcast version. Cuts include uh, remove an audio from the Trisar logo. Logo, the scenes of <laughs> of the scene of animal shouting "Man, bad!" to Mister Price, removing the word "Oh my, oh my, oh my g, uh, oh my god!" in one scene, and the scenes where Miss Piggy is is hitting is hitting. Uh, with Miss with Miss Piggy hitting the purse hitting the purse snatcher, which is probably one of my favorite scenes ever. Yes. <laughs> Thankfully, it got put back in. Uh, the DVD version was released on June fifth, nineteen ninety one, with the cuts from the nineteen ninety eight from the from the from the nineteen ninety nine VHS restored in a Blu ray edition, which is the one that Drew has. Uh, was released on August. 18th 2011 and contains all the bonus features from the dvd okay here's something interesting but not the teaser trailer not which the... i had to look on youtube to find really it's interesting because the entire film the entire teaser trailer is like newly shot stuff and kermit and miss piggy only like show up for like the last three seconds really of the trailer it's it's pretty funny huh so here, be like, I, I know you are a mad Muppet fan. You love. I grew Muppet. up on the Muppets. Yeah, they're, they're my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in a way, mm. which is ironic All considering right. Jim Henson did the physical versions of the TMNT movie. But anyway, that is true. We will eventually get around to those movies one day. Yes, one day. All right. So, did you know there was actually supposed to be a sequel? 
There was supposed to be a sequel TV series. Yes. I understand. That. Yes. It Our, died. Yeah, it died. Apparently. Because um, Disney does not know what to do with the Muppets. Apparently. That's what I keep hearing over and over and over again. They, they keep trying new things. They don't let stuff go long enough to really make it. Or... The problem is. Everyone just wants them to make the Muppet show again. And they won't make it. Mm. They keep trying all these other things and trying to make it like talk shows or, you know, there was the ABC show that was essentially the office, but with Muppets. Yeah. Which has actually got good in the last half, but the first half was just not that good at all. Mm. Uh, And there's actually some funny stuff in there, but it, you know, whatever reason. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, this was like one of their other shots and it got canceled Ah. before it even even really got known very well. I gotcha. All right, so on February 2019, it was announced that Once Upon a Time showrunner uh, Edward Kisses, I'm probably listening this wrong, and uh, we're working on working with actor Josh Gad from Frozen on a TV series titled Muppets Live Another Day, set after the film's events on Disney+. Plus. The series was focused on the Muppets, who disbanded sometime after the, fil- the film's events reuniting with uh after rolf disappears however on september september 19th this isn't that much further out yeah uh, it was announced that the series had been scrapped due to creative differences following the uh executive change at the muppet studios plus you also have the small issue that it's being based on a movie that disney can't control when sure. it's ever going to get released. Yeah, that makes sense. So, and it's not exact. It's not like Sony is going out of their way to put this movie out there. Where you can find it because it's just barely on Tubi. Yeah. So anyway. All right. So that is all I have for info and stuff. All right. Getting into the summary. The Muppets have graduated from Danhurst College and entertain their fellow graduates with their theatrical production of Manhattan Melodies, which is their senior variety show. Upon the suggestion of taking the show to Broadway, the Muppets proceed with the idea, certain they will, they will become stars instantly. Arriving in Manhattan, the group meet producer Martin Price, played by Dabney Coleman, but the but the police uh, arrive and reveal he is a wanted con artist named Murray Plotsky. Plotsky tries to flee, taking down Gonzo and Camilla hostage, but is taken down by an enraged animal and is arrested, leaving the Muppets' hopes dashed. They try other theatrical producers to no avail, leading to their morale and finances taking a nosedive which is amazing considering they were paying 25 cents to live in lockers. Mm-hmm. Thinking they are becoming a burden to Kermit the Frog when he snaps at them, the rest of the Muppets agree to go their separate ways for new occupations. Though Miss Piggy, Miss Piggy secretly remains in Manhattan to keep an eye on Kermit. She's a spy. Though disappointed by the development, Kermit vows to make the show a hit and enlists the assistance of diner owner Pete, played by Louis Zorch, his daughter Jenny, played by Juliana Donald, who is an aspiring fashion designer, and the diner's staff of rats led by Rizzo. Attempting to promote the show, Kermit first poses as an eccentric producer, bragging about the musical's quality, but the producer he meets, John Landis, discards the script after Kermit makes his exit. Kermit then poses as a famous playwright, having the rats insert a caricature picture at Sardi's restaurant by by replacing Lisa Minnelli's picture with it. When Minnelli comes in and notes it missing, she asks Vincent Sardi if uh, she did something wrong to get it removed. When the rats are exposed, Sardi discovers Lisa's picture near Kermit. This causes Kermit and the rest to get thrown out of the restaurant. Kermit learns from the others that Scooter got a job as a house manager at a movie theater in Cleveland, Ohio, 
where he finds the Swedish chef as the popcorn server and New Zealand as a dedicated viewer of the 3D movie. No, New Zealand is producing the actual practical effects for this 3D movie by throwing the fish at the audience, which was hilarious. <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, uh, Fozzie Bear joins some other bears in hibernating within the forests of Maine, where he has had a hard time sleeping. Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem have a gig in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, performing in a retirement home, which looks like a polka festival to me, but whatever. And the great Gonzo and Camille the Chicken are trying to make a successful water skiing act in Michigan, which is also a very funny scene. That is. <laughs> Rolf the dog, however, is working at a dog kennel in Delaware. While in Central Park, Jenny confronts Kermit about his losses when, while an envious Miss Piggy watches. When a thief steals her purse, Miss Piggy borrows a pair of roller skates, quote-unquote, borrows a pair of roller skates, <laughs> and furiously chases the punk down, but reunites with Kermit in the process, and they make up. Piggy takes a job at Pete's Diner. Kermit then receives a letter from a producer, Bernard Crawford, played by Art Carney, who is interested in the musical. However, the letter was actually written by his son, Ronnie Crawford, played by Lonnie Price, who is struggling to prove himself as a producer and believes that Manhattan Melodies is good. Bernard himself is hesitant, but agrees to fund the show. A thrilled Kermit heads back to the diner, but is so distracted that he walks into oncoming traffic and is struck by a passing car. Bung! The rest of the Muppets are summoned back to New York, only to discover that Kermit has disappeared. At the hospital, Kermit's doctor discovers that he has lost memory of his life. He makes his way to Madison Avenue, where he meets a trio of frogs, Bill, Gill, and Jill, who work in advertising, and offer him a job when he comes up with the slogan. He takes the job and begins going by Phil. The rest of the Muppets search for Kermit, with Gonzo at one point trying to persuade Mayor Edward I. Koch, Koch, however you say his name, to assist Bill, Gill, uh, to assist. Bill, Gill, Jill, and Phil end up visiting Pete's Diner, where Kermit's friends recognize him when he plays the show's opening number with spoons and glasses of water. At the Biltmore Theater on opening night, the Muppets try to help Kermit remember. When Kermit laughs at the idea of being in love with Miss Piggy, she karate chops him, restoring his memory. As the Muppets are about to get in place for the show's opening number, the Muppets ask Kermit if their new friends can watch from backstage. Kermit, realizing the show needs more Muppets, suggests that the Madison Avenue frogs, the dogs, the bears, the chickens, and other become uh, extras in the, in, the sh in the show. The show ends up being a success, culminating in what was intended to be a staged wedding between Kermit and his piggy's characters, only for a real minister, instead of Gonzo, as originally intended, to appear with all the Muppets including uh, the largest set of cameos from Sesame Street uh, to ever be in the, be in, in, and the last time mm -hmm. the, the Sesame Street Muppets ever got to be in a Muppet thing, uh, as the show comes to its, to its end. Uh, getting into the trivia, as I mentioned earlier in the trivia question, this is the first appearance of the Muppet Babies characters, whose cartoon premiered two months after this film's release. In an interview, uh, Juliana Donald, who played Jenny, recalled how filming of the jogging scene in the park was temporarily delayed by a camera problem. In wide-eyed amazement, a little boy passing by approached and started talking to Kermit, oblivious to Jim Henson operating him. Despite the surrounding commotion of technicians trying to fix the camera issue, Jim started interacting with the boy. Moments later, Jim found himself doing an impromptu performance with Kermit for an entire group of children who had gathered around to watch. Juliana said, It was so memorable to me because time just stopped. It was a wonderful, magical moment where you experienced someone's true joy with their work. Mm -hmm. The portrait of Kermit in the producer's disguise has become a permanent fixture at the real Sardis and can be seen in other movies set there. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, the kennel 
at which Rolf is working has several dogs in labeled cages. Two of the cages say Jim and Frank in honor of Jim Henson and Frank Oz. Mm -hmm. After several less than satisfying takes of the scene between Joan Rivers and Miss Piggy, uh, Frank Oz sent a stagehand to get him and Rivers two gin and tonics apiece. The two chatted and imbibed their drinks before climbing, <laughs> rooming one more take, which is what appears in the final film. <laughs> that explains a so much. Lot. The f- this is the first Muppet movie in which the fourth wall is never broken. I will be refer- talking about this more often when we get to my likes, but this is complete and utter bull. But anyway, this is the film debut of Gates McFadden, credited in this movie as Cheryl McFadden, playing Mr. Price's secretary. McFadden worked with Jim Henson as a choreographer and puppeteer on The Dark Crystal and Labyrinth, but is best known as playing Dr. Beverly Crusher on Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, okay. If you were wondering where you'd seen the secretary. Yes, I thought I recognized her from somewhere. Mm -hmm. She also played a secretary in uh, The Hunt for Red October. Oh, okay. Played a Jim Ryan's secretary at the beginning of the movie. Okay. That was oh, why she, that's yeah. why she's missing from the second season of Star Trek: The Next Generation because she thought the role was going to be bigger, and it wasn't. Wow. Anyway, uh, the scene where Kermit the Frog graduates from college was filmed at Vassar College in New York. Director Frank Oz wanted it shot in front of the most academic-looking building on the campus, the dining hall. <clears throat> As with the Muppet movie, this can be read as an allegory of Jim Henson's career. Like his creator, Kermit gains local popularity performing during his college years, decides to try his luck in New York City, struggles, takes an unlikely detour into the world of advertising, then gets his big break. Makes sense. And if you want to see what Jim Henson's unlikely detour into the world of advertising looks like, go look up the uh, Wilkins commercials, Wilkins coffee commercials. Oh, yeah, I've seen those. Those are funny. (laughs) You've shown them before. Yeah. They, They were interesting. The soundtrack to this movie is the only theatrical Muppet movie soundtrack to have never been released on CD. However, three songs from the film, specifically Together Again, I'm Always Gonna Love You, and uh, He'll Make Me Happy, were released on the Muppets Music Collection, Music Mayhem, and more. And if you currently go to YouTube a lot of times and see commercials for Verbo, VRBO, you'll hear Together Again. Uh, uh-huh. um, not, not Together Again. Um, I know what you're referring yeah, to. I, I, I can't. It's it's the song. It's the opening number. Now you're here. Now we're here. Yeah, right. exactly. Right where I belong. That's right the where, name of the sh- of the song. I had to sing it part of it. <laughs> because I'm right where I belong. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Rizzo the Rat appeared throughout the final season of The Muppet Show in 1976, and along with Scooter and the, as the Happiness Hotel Bellhops in The Great Muppet Caper in 1981, but this is his first major role with The Muppets and his first appearance with his more wise guy personality. Oh, okay. Approximately 175 people as extras and a handful that were puppeteers performed during the wedding seat finale sequence. Mm-hmm. The crowd sequence took one day to film. Really? Yeah. The wedding finale features many of Kermit's Sesame Street friends, although only Bert, Ernie, and Cookie Monster have speaking roles. This was the last such cinema-released crossover. Hmm. 
Instead of being traditional hand puppets, the tiny rats are controlled with rods to operate their hands, heads and mouths. Uh, the scene of Miss Piggy singing Saying Goodbye with Kermit was filmed at the Lackawanna Rail Terminal in Hoboken, New Jersey. Waka waka. <laughs> the train Piggy is on is an electric train that was designed and built by Thomas Edison. Really? Yeah. Cool. One of the rats is introduced as Tatooey, <laughs> thus making him not only Tatooey the rat, but also Rat Tatooey. <laughs> which is a play on the word Ratatouille, oui. which is the name of a traditional French disc. And let's be honest, a very popular Disney Pixar <laughs> film. Ratatouille. Yeah. Uh, Baby Rolf can be seen operating on a plush Big Bird toy during the Muppet Baby's dream sequence, which appears to be the Big Bird talking plush toy made in 1980 by Child Guidance. Mm. This was also, and this is the sad one to go out on here, the last Muppet film to have Kermit the Frog be played by Jim Henson mm -hmm. before Steve Whitmire took on the role theatrically since the Muppet Christmas Carol in the wake of Jim Henson's death in 1990. Yeah. Now, I've seen this movie a bunch of times. I can talk about it a lot. I want to hear your thoughts first on what your first like is for this movie. My first like was it's it's very early in the film and I'm watching like, oh my gosh, this is hysterical. Okay, so... Uh, Martin Price being attacked by animals. <laughs> oh my gosh. Bad man. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was so good. I was like, what in the, because Martin Price did such an amazing job because yes. he's, he's got animal, the, the actor playing him or the actor playing him. Uh, Darby Coleman. Yeah. Darby Coleman. I'm sorry. Darby Coleman. The actor. Dabney Coleman. Dab yeah. yeah. Dabney. Dabney. Yeah. Dabney Coleman. Cause I recognize this actor from like a lot of places. Yeah. He's, that's the thing about this movie is that a, a lot of the, the cameos, mm -hmm. you either know exactly who they are mm -hmm. or you've seen them in everything, but have never heard their name. Yeah, exactly. So this would be like, it's, it's the setup, the scene. It's more, uh, Dobby, Dobby, Dabney, Dabney, Coleman. Call Martin. Yeah. Martin. <laughs> Martin is, is the, uh, the, the, the quote, quote unquote, uh, the con artist, the con artist producer who's like, Oh, we just need, you know, 200 bucks for each and one of you a piece from you which is ridiculous yeah and you know the cops bust in and be like he grabs gonzo of course he grabs gonzo and by the nose by the <laughs> nose of course which is hysterical and then he gets attacked by puppets i'm like oh my gosh and he plays it flawlessly yes. like he's actually being attacked by these muppets and they're all reacting to just like they're all just being dragged by him the entire time and it's absolutely hysterical and I want to call him Monster, but his name is Animal. Yeah, it's Animal. The animal is just the, it's like, Batman, 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 Batman. <laughs> it's absolutely hysterical. I am laughing so hard. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. So, uh, yes, that, that was absolutely hysterical. So, yeah, that's my number one animal getting to attack <laughs> the character. <laughs> yes, that's my number one. All right. Uh, my first like for this is that the song saying goodbye is legitimately a sad song that's in the middle of this film. Yeah, I agree. And it's like the last real musical number until you get to uh, the Muppet Baby song. Mm -hmm. that I can't remember the name of. Uh, and then that's the last one until like the end of the film. Mm -hmm. But it's this it's a sad song about. Yeah, it's like 
our way, you know, it's, it's what we all had to go through when Mm. school was done is that everyone went their separate ways and it's, 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 it's good for this to happen, but it's like, it's hard to say. Mm -hmm. And you get all these characters like going, you know, getting on trains, uh, riding bikes away, Mm -hmm. all of them leaving Kermit. And it's like, this is legitimately almost heartbreaking. Yeah. It's not the most heartbreaking moment in the Muppets movies, but it's still, it's like, this is a legitimately heartbreaking moment. I was not expecting to get in the middle Mm -hmm. of this film, but yet they have to leave in order for, you know, the rest of the film to actually take Mm -hmm. place. So yeah. uh, And a lot of the other songs in this are good too, but really it's saying goodbye is the, one of the ones that always sticks in my head. I got you. It's like, this is the song that didn't need to happen in many ways, but it's, it sticks with me. Yeah. It, Cause it, the, the moment of them leaving had to happen, but the fact that we get this nice song of them saying, yeah, we've got to say goodbye. We got to move yeah, on. I completely this is agree. not gone the way we wanted it to. Mm-hmm. This is almost the end of the Muppets song. Yeah. Agreed. Before the, and even though this is not really about the formation of the Muppets, but yeah, it's that kind of thought process. Yeah, obviously, obviously, you know, because this movie is about, you know, these characters and the whole bit, because you get this great, you know, sending off that they have to go their own ways to try to make a living because they know they mm-hmm. can't do it anymore. And uh, obviously, in the back of your mind, you know, they're going to come back together. You know yeah. this, but it's just that 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 be like, try be like taking away the 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 cynic, the cynic cynicism, the, cynicism. Thank you. Taking away the cynicism of it from being a reviewer. And it's just like, wow, this is a really judging scene. Yeah. It's very well done. And be like a lot of the effects they did are very well done. Definitely. When one of the characters rides off on a bike. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was the same tech they did in the last film. Yeah. But it's still very it's well still done. Very well done. Yeah. Very well done. And uh, it's, it's touching. It's, you know, like you said, it's kind of heartbreaking in a way. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's uh, uh, Kermit sticking to his guns and be like, and going to the top of the, empire state building be like be like i'm not leaving new york yeah and uh it was just, it was a very it was very fitting to i think this is the end of the first act i think pretty much yeah pretty into the first act and uh I, I it was good it was a very well done very well executed and they're again touching very mm-hmm. touching song to have these characters send off even obviously you know they're going to come back together right but it's just it's a it it's good it's a very well done uh scene Mm-hmm. So yes, very much agreed. So going into my second, uh, I, 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 I find myself like actually just loving scenes in this movie. Yes. Like, I mean, like it's not, there's a lot of great scenes that thankfully all work together as, they do. Um, as a story. They do. So my scene is, uh, Miss Piggy on rollerblades. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the fact that like, uh, it's a great chase scene. it is a great chase scene. So Miss Piggy has been uh, stalking Kermit all over the place and mm-hmm. getting madder and madder because him and Ginny are becoming friends. And, and all it is is friends. Just friends. You know how hard that is to explain to people? I know. <laughs> I know. It's like they're just friends. There's no. This is why this is not a love triangle thing. Uh, I mentioned to Francisco Sunday we were reviewing this movie. Mm-hmm. He says, oh, yeah, I didn't like that movie because, you know, the love triangle. So there's not a love triangle. triangle. 
because love it's triangle an, it's an assumed triangle love, tri- love triangle means that kermit as the as the, the focal point mm. he is would be the focal point if this was one mm-hmm. has to have romantic feelings for both jenny and miss piggy yeah he has no romantic feelings for jenny mm-hmm. they're just friends now granted if things went the other way and he never saw miss piggy again maybe that would change but at yeah. the moment that's not where it's going <laughs> and being someone who has been in those kind of situations before trying to explain be like hey we're just friends that's all that's going on right <laughs> but either, yes believe me <laughs> like yes I, i've been in situations like that those are interesting uh so it's it's miss piggy she's already furious and she gets purse snatched <laughs> and you get another one of these great moments where some poor soul is having to be a body double <laughs> oh, for, wear a miss piggy suit <laughs> while rollerblading through central park (laughs) and it's very well done it'd be like it's yeah it's done well and there's there's a great shot where she's angry that i i think i posted on twitter yeah Uh, (laughs) so great there is which was like does this make the muppets kaiju apparently not for what that conversation went but anyway (laughs) but it's just like the the overall uh tone of the scene it's like be like you have a very mad miss piggy and she's like missing her purse. Yes. <laughs> and be like, you you understand like the 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 uh the point she has in her life. She doesn't really have a whole lot, but she's trying to get her her uh, her frog back. Mm-hmm. And uh this guy has snatched and like man, this guy can run fast. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then this uh whoever did the 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 uh the stunt work for Miss Piggy doing this rollerblade stuff did some really good work. And I was just like, I was impressed by this because I could think it was maybe it was a, like a smaller person or maybe it was just like forced perspective in which they were shooting it. Um, but this was done very well. I'd be like, and the uh, the point, like every time you saw Miss Piggy up close, it was this furious pig look and it was hysterical. And the point where the uh, the thief like, you know, goes through here and here and he thinks he's finally lost her and he's hiding, he's pulling stuff out and here comes Piggy over the side of the cliff. Yeah. Just, <laughs> like, just pig rage, piggy rage. <laughs> it's absolutely hysterical. She barrel tackles him and it's just a great scene. And then you get the the scene of uh, Piggy and uh, uh, Kermit reuniting mm-hmm. and uh it's it's just a very well done scene. It's hysterical. It's funny, and I just really enjoy it. So yeah, that, that's my that's my second. What's yours? Okay, uh, before that, I, w- I do want to point out that I just looked up who the Miss Piggy stunt doubles were. Right, there were three. Okay, and this that for that I guess for that sequence, but it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't specify. Uh, Cheryl Blackman, Denise Lucadamo, and Krista Tomasulo were Miss Piggy at least at one at one of those was at least Miss Piggy through some parts of the scenes. Oh, all okay. Three at different points oh, okay so yeah uh my oh yeah number two mm-hmm. uh, my second one is the jobs that all the other muppets oh guys. gosh oh my gosh yes uh you get rolf's Rolf. like the dog running the dog pound <laughs> that makes a lot of sense yes uh <laughs> and they're all saying but rolf we all want to get out we all want to go home <laughs> And, and he starts go, howling along yeah, with them. And then, while he's holding Mr. Schnookums, mm-hmm. who was just dropped off, who apparently likes the rubber the rubber Wall Street Journal <laughs> better than the rubber Washington Post. It's like, of course he does. He's from New York. <laughs> of course. Uh, 
And then you get, uh, you know, Scooter at the um, running the movie theater or, mm-hmm. or hold, ha- uh, passing out 3D glasses at a movie theater. theater. That was a great scene. Uh, the the electric mayhem doing the post office mm-hmm. and the post the uh, polka party polka party the polka fe- festival and poor fuzzy bear getting sexually <laughs> harassed in a cave oh my gosh <laughs> yes yes it's like it's because at that point there it's like I, how do they do it how do they all get to sleep so much and then the the bear next to him wakes up and says oh and it's obviously a female says. Oh, are you having a hard time going to sleep too? Here, why don't we cuddle? <laughs> and Foz is just going, Kermit! <laughs> like, I don't know what to do! <laughs> but all of that pales in comparison <laughs> oh my gosh, to Gonzo <laughs> and his water acrobatic show oh. with the chickens. Who are not singing the song Gonzo said they were singing, by the way. Because <laughs> they were singing the William Tell Overture. <laughs> but that poor guy in, who was driving the, the, the boat. <laughs> who's like, doesn't want to be there. And he doesn't even follow the course. As everything goes to pot. <laughs> of course, it's Gonzo. The whole it's like that's like that's Gonzo. That, that's how all of Gonzo's stunts go. Yeah, of course they go they, terribly they, wrong, they go completely and terribly wrong. That's the gag. So yeah, um, that, all of those sequences. I would even say the, uh, Miss Piggy and Joan Rivers trying to sell perfume. Oh, that that no, was, the understanding that was, the full context what's going on the behind the scenes was absolutely hysterical. Makes, it, 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 makes it makes more, much sense. more sense as to why it went that way it does <laughs> because it's like it just went stupid for like five seconds like of course it went stupid they were drunk <laughs> they were a little tipsy just a little tipsy <laughs> yeah all of those are my second like what's oh my your God. third my, my second like is there again another third. scene third like my third like is another another scene and it just fits so perfectly so Kermit has lost his memory. He has amnesia <laughs> and he's in the diner and uh, he is confronted by the entire gang and he doesn't remember who he was. And he he's uh, he's what's his name again? Phil. Phil. His, his name is Phil. And he with Bill and Gil and Jill. Bill. It's so be like they, they, the, the gang is trying to and they sell ocean breeze soap. It gets you clean. You mean just say what the product does? <laughs> Has anyone ever tried that before? <laughs> oh my gosh. So be like they're they're trying to jog poor Kermit's memory. He has no memory of it. And uh I, what was I know the, what you're about to describe. Go ahead. <laughs> so be like he's like he's uh so be like Miss Piggy's like, look at me, look at me, look at me. Be like, I love you. Be like, da, 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 da. And he starts parading her. <laughs> it's and, like and <laughs> saying everything any human watching this has ever thought. Like, why would a frog and a pig fall in love? <laughs> exactly. The and only, I was like, oh my gosh, someone's gonna only, get hit. The only thing we don't get is the bouncing baby figs. And I don't remember <laughs> what Muppet thing that is from. I just it's it's a, a lie. It's like that's always stuck me. It's like, what would they? What would their children be? Bouncing yeah. baby figs. <laughs> but it's absolutely hysterical. Like, like you said, the fact that they like it's every thought you've ever thought of ever watching this, watching 
Muppets anything. It's like a a pig and a frog getting together. You know, sounds ridiculous. Sounds ridiculous. But it's just the fun. Oh, okay. Sorry, go ahead. It's the funniest thing where he is literally just letting all of our thoughts come out onto the screen. And it's absolutely hysterical. And Piggy slaps him. (laughs) So the Bouncing Baby Figs is from an early episode of The Muppet Show. Episode 104, which is okay. who was in that? Which who's the guest in that one? Uh, Ru- the Ruth Buzzy episode, yeah. Uh, in that, a robotic Kermit impersonator tells Miss Piggy, Let me take you away from all of this. A marriage made in heaven, a frog and a pig. We can have bouncing baby figs. <laughs> but overall, that scene is absolutely I mean, like it's really well done. It's a very well done, like most, like all of these scenes in the movie is very well done. Uh, like if you didn't have such a co- a confident director as in uh you know uh Frank Oz, Frank Oz thank you very much uh like just every scene kind of just glues together and you have this culmination of like uh the the gang getting back together and you have the 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 wish fulfillment of ev- all the audience members thinking out loud through Kermit and then he gets pounded by Piggy. Yes. And that's what jogs his memory. <laughs> of course. I was like, oh, I don't know. Be like, I, I can't remember exactly what he says, but it's absolutely hysterical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I, I am sitting there like I'm slack jawed. I'm like, when is he going to get hit? When is he going to know get- it's coming? <laughs> it's like, coming. At some point, Picky's going to have about all she can take of this. And <laughs> He goes flying. It'll either be out of anger or out of sadness of a broken heart, which is kind of both. And the fact that it jogs his memory, it's like, yes. Oh, everything's fine now because that really wasn't Kermit. Yeah. In many ways. Well, it it was Kermit, but it was Kermit. It was was Kermit, but it wasn't the Kermit that had spent five years on the Muppet show and Mm. two movies working with her. Right. Even though this is not connect. Well, more on that here in the next minute. Yeah. And I get to my third like. All right. So that's my third like. Oh, so then I'll jump your... into my third like. My third it. like is actually bouncing off of something I mentioned in the trivia that I called complete bolt. Okay. And that was that this movie never breaks the fourth wall and is the first Muppet movie to do so. Okay. Here's the thing. If we consider Muppets in general as a single franchise. Okay. It's all based off the Muppet show. Yes. The Muppet show was about this group of performers the muppets that performed a variety show in this theater week every week yeah which means anytime you saw the characters they were in character yeah whether they were you know you you, you saw them backstage of course Mm -hmm. but i mean anytime they were seen by the audience they were in character even if that character was essentially them but you know distilled into simple things Mm -hmm. Fozzie Bear being an unfunny bear, Miss Piggy being the diva, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Right. If we are to assume that these are movies made by the Muppets in mm-hmm. the same way that each episode of the Muppet Show was a performance performed by the Muppets, mm-hmm. that means that the Muppet movie is a movie that was made by Muppets. Great Muppet Caper was a movie made by Muppets. following my thought process here Muppet Sig Manhattan is a movie made by Muppets all the thought processes go through that mind you can see this in the Muppet movie because throughout most of that movie we are watching a movie 
that is at the same time being the way the story works being Mm -hmm. watched by the Muppets at their first screening of the film. Mm -hmm. That is the the whole context of that Mm -hmm. film. Yeah. The great Muppet caper, they mentioned many times during their quote unquote fourth wall breaks that they're making a movie, like somehow a cut that wasn't supposed to get in there, made it Mm -hmm. into the film. Right. Accidentally. This film really doesn't have one of those spots, but if it's following the same logic, the others are, which why wouldn't it be? Mm Mm-hmm then this is a film about the Muppets making a movie about a group of performers making it big on Broadway. Okay. Which means even the Kermit and the Miss Piggy we see throughout the episode, the movie is not the Kermit and Miss Piggy, the actors that we see backstage on the Muppet show. Okay. You follow my logic here? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Fast forward to Manhattan Melodies. Okay. Before they go out on stage, when Kermit just gets his, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of bouncing off of where you, you yes. left off. They're they're about to head out for the stage to sing the to sing the opening number, and Kermit decides, yeah, we need to bring on more dogs and and chickens and frogs and cats and I didn't say cats, but oh my, yeah, more whatevers on the stage. We need more people, more of these Muppets on the stage, and they go into this big whole song and dance number. They go through th- three songs. Mm-hmm. Like fairly quickly, including the opening number, a uh, somebody's getting married, and then she'll make me happy. Mm-hmm. The thing is about she'll make me happy is about is most of she'll make me happy isn't actually we're not seeing from the point of view of the musical. Before we go into that song, mm-hmm. the camera has shifted into the church, and from that point on, I personally don't think we're at the musical anymore. Okay. I think we're like maybe two or three months later on where the characters that Kermit and Miss Piggy have been playing throughout the movie. Okay. Those characters are getting married, but the idea is that the actors weren't getting married. Except (laughs) the last point where they're up at the altar at the altar and the minister comes out and it's not being played by Gonzo. And I really think this is the way my brain works. Okay. That when Kermit turns to Miss Piggy and says, Piggy, I thought Gonzo was playing the minister. They meant the that the movie Gonzo, the actual actor Gonzo, is supposed to be playing the minister, not the character Gonzo. Okay. Does that follow? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and in that moment, Miss Piggy, after five television five seasons of a television show and three movies, finally tricked Kermit the Frog. Into marrying her on screen. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky pig. <laughs> She'd do it too. But here's the other interesting thing. Okay. Hey, that does mean the fourth wall was broken because the characters, while not speaking to us about speaking Gonzo, to each other, they spoke to each other outside of the context of the movie, mm. which is breaking the fourth wall. Okay. I, I, I see your logic. Yes. But here's the interesting thing. If you're following all of this as one franchise and we're just happen to see these different movies, the Muppets make. Mm-hmm. Before this movie, it's they throughout you know the TV show and the uh, other two movies, mm-hmm. the relationship between Kermit and Kermit and Piggy has been the same will they won't they kind of love relationship you yeah. see in other things like Cheers between Sam and Diane, mm-hmm. other things like that. After this, you go to Muppet Christmas Carol. They're married in that now. They're playing Bob and Bob Cratchit and her and his wife, right? But 
interesting. They have kids in that, which is also interesting, but interesting how we were in assumed marriage right. after that movie. Right. And then the next one where Kermit is playing, uh, I can't remember the name, the names of the characters in, in uh treasure Island, but Kermit is playing the, uh, the captain of the ship from treasure Island. Right. And Miss Piggy is like the reclusive love interest he used to have that got left on the island somehow. I don't remember the exact story. And the it's not a will they, won't they? It's they have and they've separated to some degree. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. In other words, the moment the marriage happens in Muppets Take Manhattan, the relationship changed and it stayed changed all the way up through even the Muppets and the Muppets Most Wanted. Really? Yes. And through all the other little <laughs> things you see on there. Yeah, there's not a lot of points where Kermit and Miss Piggy get a chance. Even right. in, uh, oh, even better, the ABC Muppet Show. Okay. The one that's the office kind of ripoff. Yeah. The big selling point of that, they, and they actually released, I'm not kidding here, a press release announcing that Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog were breaking up. I remember that. <laughs> it was a big enough deal. It's like the marriage that happened in the Muppets Take Manhattan is over. <laughs> and they've gone their separate ways, yet Kermit is still producing her show. You have really thought this through. <laughs> I've thought too much about it. But Apparently. It, it's the weird thing. It's like they never broke this. Uh, as uh, Nathan from the Monster Film Vault, says, Film Vault says, they never broke the kayfabe. It is the same. They, they kept with like the moment this marriage happened, it happened. And the characters were married at that point. Wow. Okay. Of the, the actors who were playing the characters. Wow. And if you don't believe me about it, it's always actors playing characters. It's always the Muppets playing characters. Mm -hmm. All you got to do is look at the opening credits of Muppet Christmas Carol, because after it says Michael Caine as Ebenezer Scrooge, what is the very next credit? Kermit the Kermit Frog. The Frog as... Bob Cratchit, Miss Piggy mm -hmm. as whatever Bob Cratchit's wife's it, name yes. is. I don't remember. Gonzo the Great as Charles Dickens and Rizzo the Rat as himself. <laughs> they I, literally I, play into that the whole time. Wow. And I don't and I need to see Muppet Treasure Island because it's been years since I've seen it. You've seen it since I've seen yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they if they played into that there also. And there's, it's it's just really interesting how they kept with that. Yeah. Now I don't know if all the little minor Muppet things that is interspersed in between there, like uh, the Muppets go to Walt Disney World and a couple of the other little things. Yeah. We will have to do the Muppets go to Walt Disney World at some point because it's weird. Okay. <laughs> but um, it's a it's it's interesting. It's like, okay. So yeah, my third like, just so it's every everyone's clear. Kermit the Frog. And Miss Piggy finally get married. <laughs> okay, awesome. Also, as a little bit of interesting trivia, during the, the wedding scene where you've got all the pigs on the the, the bride side, mm -hmm. sitting next to each other are Link Hogthrob and uh, Dr. Julius Strangepork, her co-stars on the Pigs in Space segments in The Muppet Show. Really? Yes. Wow. They're, they're in tuxedos, not their spacesuits, but you can they you can tell who they are. Wow. And the only memorable face in the, on Kermit's side is Robin, but Niffy Robin, but oh, okay. anyway, all right. So but many of those other frogs show up in like other things, such as the Muppets go to Walt Disney world. Oh, okay. On, gotcha. As Kermit's family. 
Interesting. <laughs> I know too much. Apparently. But, which is always a good thing when it comes to this stuff. Yes. <laughs> so I, I want to make one side note. It's kind of a bonus, but side note. Mm-hmm. Like, so they're it, like towards the end, they're, they're, they're about to leave for the theater. And uh, <laughs> they, they pull this. Bill, Gill and Jill just go along with it. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's not that. It's, it's, it's one of the cameos, which I was not expecting. Uh-huh. <laughs> Brooke Shields. <laughs> I was like, why what? not? Why not? She was an act, a big actor. She was time. a big actress at the time. I was like, and, and whoa, this, that's Brooke Shields. This was at a you know, this was at a point in time where the Muppets were the thing to cameo on. If they wanted you to be there, you went out of your way. The only, oh yeah, in fact, they even said that they had planned a cameo for Dustin Hoffman as really? one of the producers, but unfortunately, he could not. He did not could not get that to work into his schedule. Really? Yeah, that's just really cool because be like. It, it's it's really interesting because when, when I saw that I was like whoa that's Brooke Shields I mean like I, I I recognize a lot of these other characters I didn't know people I didn't know who they were I just recognized them yeah Brooke Shields and like like two others like I knew who they were and I was like wow okay that's interesting mm-hmm. I, I was a little kind of like that's that's oh. the great thing about Muppet movies is you have no shortage of cameo that is true because they always have to bring in the special guest stars just like on the Muppet Show, Show. gotcha. All right, so if I could work the Muppet Show into a TAS thing where it wouldn't just be us talking about random skits, mm-hmm. I would do it. But unfortunately, because of the way the because of what the Muppet Show is, mm. there really is not much ongoing stories. So, right. well, we 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 could do a special at some point, maybe in between series that we could probably do. I don't know the Star Wars one. The, the yeah the the uh, Mark Hamill episode is one we probably should do because. Holy crap! That that episode was prophesying <laughs> badly, pro- heavily prophesying. It's like if you didn't know any better, it was planned. <laughs> but anyway, oh my gosh! So let's get into our dislikes. Dislikes, yeah. What's your first dislike? My first is like now. Granted, this is not a slight against the film. Granted, and this this is. I, I, I'm wondering if we have a, the same dislike on one. Thing. Maybe. Um. So a lot of films do this and then it automatically dates itself. Yeah. So you throw, you throw in like current events, what's going on and mm-hmm. you play that into the movie and then it automatically dates the film. Yes. So mine is with the, the, um, with the, the Muppets films in general is the, be like the, the great use of cameos. Mm-hmm. They're, they're great. It just dates the film immediately. Yeah. Like if you're watching it from a like 2021 from a film that was made in 1987. Yeah. Be like, it automatically dates it. Be like now granted, you can tell it's a dated film, but automatically be like, you be like, you have to scratch your head. It's like, I recognize this actor, but I don't know who he is. Be like, like uh Brooke Shields or yeah. uh, like I know Brooke Shields because Brooke Shields or was Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers. When she still, when she wasn't made completely out of plastic. Yeah. She looked human. Yeah. <laughs> I recognized her. I recognized uh, what was what was her in the uh, the uh, the uh, the not the other diner. Oh, uh, Lisa Minnelli. Yeah, Lisa Minnelli. I recognized her. Everybody else was like, "Who in the what are these people?" Because it was more be like if if you if it's one of those films that if you watched it in 1987 when it came out, it's like, oh yeah, huh? 84. Okay, it came out in 84. Came out in 84. Yeah, that's right. It came out in 84. For some reason, I keep the 87, but. For some reason, watching this film, I kept thinking I was halfway expecting because I saw a character come up from the sewers. I was halfway expecting a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> it could have been. It could have been. But uh, we're not far from the creation of 
Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles, Turtles the, the movie. movie. Uh, but it's like, if you're watching it during the time period, it's like, oh yeah, I know exactly who these people are. It's like, but now granted, uh, 30, 35, nearly 40 years later, it's like, who are these people? Now, now granted, if you are a person from that age, yeah. be like, yeah, you're going to know exactly who they are. Well, or and, someone and, like and, me, it's like, but, I recognize them, but I don't know who they are. But it also depends on what they're doing. If it's like, I, I look back at stuff like, say, in the Muppet movie, when mm-hmm. you have uh, Mel Brooks, of all people. Oh, yeah. Uh, playing the role of the German scientist. Who's yes. going to yes. rise the little frog Rose. brains. <laughs> I will remember that without even caring that it's Mel Brooks. Yeah. I only know now it's Mel Brooks because I looked it up and I was curious. <laughs> I was like, oh, that is Mel Brooks playing a stereotypical German scientist. And I bet he's playing him like he's a Nazi because Mel Brooks is Jewish and likes making fun of Nazis. Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you got Steve Martin in that moment. But in this one, I mean, admittedly, most of the cameos, and I, I agree with you with this part, mm-hmm. most of the cameos fall flat. and They do. They, as funny jokes in the sides most of them have nothing outside of they're here and they said their two or three lines and yeah. then they left yeah the only one i think does really stands out i in my opinion is yeah. joan rivers yeah because she was drunk <laughs> <laughs> that is so true she and miss piggy were drunk in, in, in a store <laughs> which is hilarious um Oh my gosh! It, it's, and, and don't it, get me wrong. Even the uh, the the skater who's I don't recognize. You said you recognize the actor when you saw him. Yeah, I don't. Unfortunately, he's got a memorable part of there because it's like he's the one that Miss Piggy stole the skates from, and he comes up and is trying to get the skates he's off back. her, and she says, "You gave Jenny the huggies. You gave Jenny the huggies, huggies? dude. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about you. you gave Jenny the huggies." <laughs> Because he's like on Kermit's side for a quick second. It's like the whole bit with him is hilarious. It is hilarious. But at the same time, I have no idea who he is. <laughs> so it's like yeah. when, when those when those cameos fit, mm-hmm. they're great. When they don't fit, eh. yeah, exactly. And we will and that will be a similar problem that's going to run into every, you're going to run into with any Muppet movie that has tons of cameos. Exactly. Uh, admittedly, great Muppet Cape, you know, Muppet Christmas Carol and Muppet Treasure Island, since they don't have any cameos outside of the act, the big name actors that got to play major roles. Right. Um, we don't have that problem with them, but when you get to the Muppets, you're going to have like Jim Parsons playing a character mm-hmm. in 10 years. Who's going to know who Jim Parsons is? Yeah. In all honesty, yeah, not, no, nothing against Jim Parsons. Right. And for those who don't know, Jim Parsons is Sheldon on the big bang theory. Yeah. But honestly, he's, I, a couple years, you go back and watch the Muppets. You're going to look at that and go, "Who's that guy?" Yeah, unless you're like a big fan of you know of the Big Bang Theory, and which you know maybe so, but at the same time, it's like it's funny when you see it, especially considering the context. Yeah, but yeah, in this movie, most of the cameos aren't even well acted. No, they're not for the most case. I mean, except I would say the best one actually is Art Carney because I didn't realize that was Art Carney. Okay. Because honestly, I just thought that was an actor they hired to play this one role. I didn't think of it as a cameo, but it's a cameo technically because yeah. he's all—he only has five lines throughout the whole movie, right? So yeah, yeah. So I agree with you there. Okay, yeah. So that's my—that's my first dislike. Uh, my first dislike is the Muppet Babies. Really, I hate that scene. Oh, really? I am not, seriously. I watched Muppet Babies growing up. Mm-hmm. I have pleasant memories of Muppet Babies growing up, but I will tell you this right now. They are annoying. Uh, indeed. 
Um, there's some funny bits in there. Don't get me wrong. I, but I can't watch. I'm like the Muppet show where I probably could watch like five or six episodes in a row and not care. Yeah. And enjoy it. Or I could watch maybe two or three of these movies back to back. Muppet babies. I'm looking at one episode and then I'm, I may not touch it for a month because the, Hey, the voice acting is a little on the annoying side. Mm-hmm. And the fact that and that's the reason for that. Now I will uh-huh. say, I will say, I appreciate that the Muppet Babies show replicates the look not only of the nursery, but of all the costumes Mm -hmm. in the movie, uh, almost scarily accurate for the TV show, even though Skeeter wasn't in the movie. Right. But, um, and I think it's actually a a lot of that. And while the song there is kind of, you know, catchy, most of, uh, I, and I appreciate how well the puppetry is done in that section. I just don't like it yeah. because I, of all the Muppet things mm-hmm. out there, Muppet Babies is the thing I like the least. Got it. And this is the most annoying part of it is it's in this movie and it's just like front and center. And you've got three, yeah, a good three, four minutes of this song of which it's repeated halfway through. Yeah. Agreed. So it's like, and I've never been a big fan of the Miss Piggy songs in general. Okay. So, yeah. All right. That's the fair. Miss Piggy, the uh, the uh, Muppet Babies part of this film is one of the things I don't like. Okay. Well, I'd be like kind of bouncing off your 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 number your number one. Uh, be like not understanding where uh, uh Muppet Babies came from. They'll be like, yes, it is very. It's a very annoying scene. But like, mm-hmm. but contextually, it makes sense. Yeah, in the context of the movie, it makes sense. It's just like most Miss Piggy stuff. It's annoying. It is annoying. (laughs) It is completely annoying. So here, here's uh, my number. My second dislike is where this this whole this the the whole bit of the the group going to New York, going to New York to get their their Broadway, um, yeah, get their show on the get the show on Broadway, Mm -hmm. become famous, what have you. And so they break up and like, we don't know how much time has passed between, between the time they broke up and they come back together. Yeah. Like there's no indefinite time. The the only time scale we have is that Kermit was missing for two weeks because they had two weeks to get the show made after that meeting. Right. Which is absurd. Yeah. Uh, Which especially all of the sets they built for that. Yeah. There's no way that was a reuse from everything, especially since half the, uh, props during that middle song mm-hmm. are puppets themselves. Yeah, and and being somebody like be like you you worked on plays before. I yeah. I bet like I worked on my senior year project and like that 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 took months to create. Bear in mind when you're talking about professional yeah. theatrical work, mm-hmm. you aren't talking about two day two hours a day after school. That is rehearsing. true. You're talking about eight hour days. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that, even if it's, even though it's different for each thing, right. You, it's a lot more business-like than what a high school. Oh yeah. I, can, I completely that, agree. That's where the, I, and to some degree, I, I will actually agree with you here. That is where it falls apart. Cause we're going from a college production mm-hmm. to full Broadway musical. Yeah. That's two entirely different beasts. Exactly. That's like, a cat, a house cat, and a lion mm-hmm. in terms of difference. Same family, sure. Different beasts altogether. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, like, my, mine kind of goes deep, deeper with it. It's like, okay, you have these characters, they break up for an unknown 
period of time. Mm-hmm. We don't know how long they've been missing or be like been apart. Yep. And then, yeah. and then you have this be like, they get on stage and they instantly know everything that's going on. Be like, they know all their cues and everything like that. Be like, well, here's the thing. They, we know probably at the very least everyone, but Kermit mm-hmm. has worked, has been on stage for a week. Yeah. Practicing. Believe it or not, after a week of practicing, you probably would know your cue. Oh, yeah. That's you might little... mess up from time to time, granted, but you probably know when you're supposed to be on this part of the stage, when you're supposed to be on that part of the yeah, stage. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, most of them did that in in college as their as their senior variety right. show. Right. So as someone who actually had to perform the same play on multiple different stages, which does constitute sometimes mm. slight rearranging of things and yeah. like changing things up. Right. It's still possible that they remembered everything and only had to make minor changes. That to makes account sense. For the Biltmore stage. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. But, but the, at the same time, two weeks is very quick to produce that many sets. Yeah. agree. It'd be like, that's as they were going. Yeah. Through. That is, it is a little absurd. It's a little absurd and definitely the, the dramatic difference between, like you said, with a, with a college performance and then a Broadway performance Mm -hmm. performed and this show gets sold out somehow, somehow in two weeks, in two weeks. Good night. You barely had time to advertise. Yeah, exactly. And like the, the father's demand, it's, 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 it's two weeks, but it's like two months or whatever. Probably it's two weeks because, uh, there was an opening at that theater. Probably for, for that two weeks, seg- probably in, in that two weeks and the next play wasn't going to be there for maybe another month. And so they needed something there. And that was like, Oh, well this, we got this thing popping in. That's my rationalization. That makes for sense. That makes at the sense. same time, man, is that a quick turnaround? That is a very quick turnaround. So, and they're going to be like, I wish they would have done more like scenes where you had the rest of the crew. They were practicing something, but yeah. the, like maybe they weren't as energetic. All we because, got was a montage. Yeah. All we got was a montage. That was it. So there, there was no real be like, you, you see them be like, they're making the costumes and stuff like that, but you don't see them performing like they've been doing this. Yeah. So from my perspective, from more artistic standpoint, they really haven't been rehearsing. Well, and you also have to remember that this is a throwback to like the older style of uh, of of some, of some movies, like say uh, White Christmas. Okay, where you have these big theatrical performances, and they literally had a month to learn them. That is true. It is Hollywood, after all. Yeah, I mean, you're supposed to look at this and go, "It's like, yeah, I can believe they figured this out in a week." Yeah, you're supposed to accept it and move on. It's because it's a throwback to that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, agreed. It's not meant to be accurate to how long it probably would have actually taken yeah. to get all this ironed out. Mm-hmm. Oh, completely agree. Completely agree with that. Yeah. It's be like, it was more, it's more, it's, it's very much a nitpick. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's my number two. What's yours? My number two, I mentioned this kind of earlier. This movie depicts New York city. Oh yeah, the way New York City has always been depicted, kind of a little bit of a uh, a garbage can in many ways. Not the actual word I want to use here, but right. we are a PG show. Yes, <laughs> for the most part, right? Um, and the thing is, this is showing it at its most fairy tale esque because that's kind of how the Muppets work. Okay, they always kind of show stuff in its best light, and we still get scenes where even though almost every time it's Miss Piggy reacting to the 
not quite love triangle things going on oh between my Jenny gosh. and Kermit. Yes. But she's like banging on stuff uh-huh. and making all these moves. And it's like, oh, look. And it's like, oh, gee, what's that sound? Oh, it's New York. It's New York. It's mm-hmm. like, this is what happens in New York. <laughs> because from this distance, Miss Piggy hitting on uh, hitting that pipe against that light pole or whatever it was she was hitting it against does sound like gunshots. It does. <laughs> and I think that's intentional. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's New York. Of course there's gunshots of course there's gunshots and even even the and next then you get and you get the part where they're in the apartment where miss piggy's watching the, the, at the and all you, yeah it says oh gee that, that, that a lot of that's been happening at that apartment lately oh, oh, that's new, new york, york. <laughs> um, um call um, somebody <laughs> shouldn't you be thinking that might be domestic violence shouldn't you at least go by and see what the crap's going on up there yeah you know wellness check yeah maybe Maybe, Maybe just a little bit. Uh, something to that effect. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's like all this is like you get the glitz and the glamour of Broadway, mm-hmm. but then you get all the dirt of of New York in it at the same time because it's all part of the same package. Now, granted, that whole part there where Miss Piggy's trying to watch Kermit and Jenny and the construction workers start catcalling her yes and they just keep going and going until miss piggy bends that <laughs> pipe in two and then starts begging on the thing and then the guys just back up and walk away it's like don't get involved in this that is funny that was funny but the rest a lot of the other stuff when you start thinking about what it's actually saying about new york mm-hmm. why would anyone want to ever go there <laughs> just to see broadway musicals also, this has got to be one of the only movies that takes place in New York where I didn't see the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, I don't think I would say that is one. weird. I never saw the Twin Towers either. No, that's because before the Twin Towers weren't built yet. They were built in the seventies. <laughs> I'll have to double check, but yeah, the, the Twin Towers are not in this film for for whatever reason. Yeah, weird. I don't remember why, but and it, it's not because they were edited out. They were not in the original film. Yeah, that's just weird. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, was it everything? Yeah, that's my, right. that's the end of my second one. Okay, so my thir- my third dislike is kind of an oddball, but it's the 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 scene in which they have finished their 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 uh their college performance mm-hmm. of their senior play or whatever Vari- variety show senior variety show, and uh, it's it's a scene in which could never be replicated in our modern day times. Okay, could, could never never would fly ever again is the animal chasing the woman at yes the <laughs> it's woman, like, woman. <laughs> well the funny part is that kermit's giving his speech it's like yeah we're, we're all thankful to be graduating some of us with honors and then animals chasing the woman out of the cafeteria going woman woman sticks his head back in woman <laughs> and Gosh. kermit goes and some with daily psychiatric help <laughs> Believe me, the scene it's is a great fun. joke. The, the joke is good. It is it very- getting get you written up faster than anything else nowadays, <laughs> or get you canceled. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which will be like we don't promote people like harassing no, people we, at all. We don't. But <laughs> good night. This was Animal at the time. This was Animal in the 1980s. This it, was how this was the this was the joke. Animal saw something he liked. He went after, after it. it. But yeah, it's be like I, I remember seeing that scene. And it's like this would not fly into his culture. 
but it's funny to watch not recommending it not endorsing it Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's funny because it's set in the 1980s and it's the character of animal yes so yeah that's just more yeah we're never gonna see that kind of scene ever again (laughs) i'm trying to remember if in the muppets or muppets most wanted what what animal does in that one, but I don't remember. Mm. It's been a while since I've seen those movies, even though I liked them. Mm. But anyway, we'll continue. All right. I don't have a third dislike. Really? I've thought about it. I tried. This is still just a fun movie. And so anything I, anything more than what I've said Mm -hmm. that I could think of as a dislike, I can easily rationalize away. It's like, that's just part of the charm of the film. Right. Uh, There's nothing here. I can honestly say i don't like it other than what i've already mentioned yeah maybe if anything i might say the transfer the film transfer on this one because it really desperately needs a cleanup it's not just that we see film grain through this i'm fine with film grain yeah it's like the print looks dirty in a lot of spots i don't even know how much of that you can actually clean up but it, it doesn't look like it's the print has been cared for so Agreed. the transfer to Blu-ray has a bit of a grungy look to it. Agreed. Which is disappointing. But yeah, that may be the closest thing I have to a third dislike. All righty. Which brings us to the end of the film, which means we need to rate the thing. Yeah. Uh, what are you rating it? I'm rating it eight. Be like, it's a good movie. Uh, be like there again, be like, we do. Like, there are some little nitpicks here and there, but overall it's a really well done Frank Oz does an amazing job with this. Oh yeah. And you can um, definitely tell this is a Frank Oz directed film. Yeah. I think I, the last time I watched a Frank Oz directed film was the little shop of horrors, which was mm-hmm. probably when I was a kid back in the 80, like the nineties. But that's like, this was a very well done movie. It stays true to the core of what the Muppets are. And it's just a very well done movie. There, there are some things that are like, okay, this be like, maybe this could never be replicated nowadays or like other little things here and there. But overall, it's a very enjoyable film that, you know, people should go watch on Tubi. All right. Yeah. So what's yours? I'm giving it an 8.5. Okay. I love the Muppets. It's, it's, it takes a lot to to not at least find something fun in one of these Muppet movies to enjoy. Yeah. As, as we will start getting later and later into it, when Disney starts taking over, they do start kind of getting this. It's hard to say kids movie feel when in all honesty, all these movies are technically Mm -hmm. kids movies, right? But at least all of these classic ones. And I would say even a great Muppet, you know, Muppet Christmas Carol. I keep right. wanting to call that Great Muppet Caper for some reason. It's a different movie. Yes. Um, I think they have a bit of an adult bent to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess and it's been so long since I've seen Muppet Treasure Island. I don't remember how that one handles it, but I I, susp- I remember it being a little kiddie. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it mentions death and the black spot, but mm. <laughs> um these this is is literally like the end of an era in many ways this is the end of the original muppets Mm -hmm. this movie is because it's 10 years until the next muppet movie by then uh jim henson has passed and Mm -hmm. all of his characters have had to been passed off to a different different players Mm -hmm. mostly steve whitmire 
who is now no longer the voice of Kermit the Frog. He's been passed on to somebody else because Steve Whitmire made somebody mad at Disney. Mm. I don't remember the exact reasoning behind all that, but um, this is the this is pretty much like if you were to consider like the original Muppet show right. and its movies as one thing, this is like the final episode. Okay. This is the Avengers end game of the original Muppet run. Okay. It's Oops. really kind of how I think of it. And so this as a send off and especially ending at, and finally answering the will they, won't they question between right. Kermit and Piggy. Mm-hmm. I highly appreciate it and it's enjoyable. And I, and yeah, it's all good. Awesome. Which brings us to the end of this movie, which mm. means we need to announce our next movie and ask the trivia question for it. Uh, Jacob, what is our next movie? Wonder Park. Wonder Park, yes. And uh, the trivia question for this one is, what is what credit that is in, that is in every other movie in existence not in Wonder Park that nearly got them in trouble with one of the unions? Oh, that's interesting. We'll find out next week. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, other, uh, besides that, we now need to jump into our into some Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure stuff. And the masters of the universe. Right now, a part of me wants to go back into that file and edit in Muppet Babies into that. Mm. <laughs> just not a lot. Just, just the Muppet Babies. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. That'd be awesome. Uh, but not right now. Yeah, not right anyway, now. Anyway, we are talking. Of course, we're in the middle of the episode. <laughs> yes. Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure. Uh, I have lost which episode numbers we're on, but we are. So 12. Season. Yeah. Season two. Is it 12? 12. Probably eleven, I'm guessing, because we're on odd numbers. Hold on, because um, that first episode uh, of uh, Outside the Corner Walls messes it up because a lot of places quote it as one episode instead of two. Uh, why aren't I just looking at Disney Plus? I don't know. That would be faster. Yeah, Rapunzel and the Great Trees, the next episode. Uh, 13. Okay. We're on episode 13. Okay. Double All right. checking. Yeah, 13. Curses. Okay, 13. Curses. So we are reviewing season two. Curses! Episode, season two, episode 13. Yes. Curses. I think I made this joke last time, too. <laughs> you I, did. I'm going like all Mojo Jojo. Curses. <laughs> There's no such thing as curses. <laughs> Or is there? 
Is this episode was directed by Steven Sandoval and written by Kelly Hannon. Synopsis is Rapunzel meets again with Madame Con Artist and Vigor the Visionary. <laughs> oh gosh. Boy, yeah. how listen is matched up with the movie. We already had a con artist tonight. <laughs> True. Vigo issues a curse on Rapunzel shortly before she and her friends cross a dangerous mountain pass. Guest cast for this includes Carol Kane as Madame Con Artist and D. Bradley Baker as Vigor. Similar to Vigor the Visionary, Vigor stares at Eugene weirdly again at the end of the episode mm-hmm. for almost no good reason <laughs> in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the episode is based around the placebo effect because when Rapunzel thought bad luck would happen to her, they do, yeah. and Eugene's lucky mo- moose tooth causes it not to be bad luck. True. That's the trivia for this. Uh, what are your thoughts on this episode? My thoughts on this episode, it's it is more it's like these two episodes are very much travel episodes. Oh yeah. Be like we're trying to get from because uh, that's the thing we point talked a about to point B. This is the thing we talked about a couple weeks ago. It's like season two has got these episodes where we're at a location for mm-hmm. a number of episodes. Yeah. And then we have a couple travel ones until we're stuck at another location for a number of episodes. Yeah. We're in the travel part. Yeah, we're but, in travel mode. Interestingly, even the next big episode that's technically an hour long, yeah, is also technically a travel episode, even though technically. there's a big moment in the middle of it. Yeah, quite a few big moments, actually. Uh, really big moment. Yeah, huge. Uh, so going back to the, the episode and uh, what we're reviewing now is uh, they are trying to get across this enormous gorge, which is like almost impossible to get across. <laughs> That's, that is the thing. We we see this crossing. Yeah. And the only way to get across it are these pillars with rocks that are uh, balanced on top of them precariously. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that pops in my mind is, this is not a well-traveled road. No, it's not. <laughs> because this is, this. I mean, Max should not be happy with, with as much trouble as he went to for them to rebuild the, the RV up to Corona's transportation code. Oh my gosh. Which yeah, we Max. heard about last episode. Yes. It's like, how much, how does he feel about this road? It's like, you're going to have to jump <laughs> pretty much all the way across. Right. Or you could just do like Vigor and con artists did and just go through the Valley, but whatever, <laughs> whatever. Sure. Yeah. Well, that, that kind of comes in the play later, but, uh, stupid con artist, stupid monkey, stupid monkey. <laughs> That's a production company. But anyway, <laughs> but uh, it's an enjoyable episode. It's more uh, uh, Rapunzel feels like she is being cursed and being the, the very adventurous, <laughs> be, being the very adventurous character that she is, is that she, she, she's one of these characters that be like, she gives anything a chance. Mm-hmm. She'll do anything once within a reason. Yeah. And, um, well, she I, I, already did this once. That's the problem. That is true. She did do this. Now one. she's doing. Well, she she didn't ask for a vision. She asked. She just went to get her telescope back. Yeah. Which, I'm sorry. I get that the telescope was important to her. Mm-hmm. The minute it fell off completely accidentally, it's yeah. nobody's fault that she yeah. lost the thing. That's that should have been the that should have been it's like. Well, we're never getting that back because here's the thing: it fell off a cliff mm-hmm. if it's down there and still somehow in one piece the lenses are going to be broke all the heck yeah they'll be shattered and the thing's gonna be completely unusable you might as well leave it 
That is true. But also it was a gift from her father. Yes. And maybe if she got down there, got it, brought it back up, she would not be able to find a place to get it fixed. Maybe. Granted. But a part of me is still thinking. You just lost it and you're not ever going to get it back because the chance if Vigor and con artists were not down there, mm-hmm. they never would have found that thing. Probably not. In reality. Yeah. It's a good setup to bring those characters into the show, yeah. into the episode. And, and based on accidental research that pops up when you're doing research on characters yeah. for mm-hmm. this, I know that they come back, that they are playing mm-hmm. an important part in the season, uh-huh. but at the same time, I'm still looking at and going, if they weren't there, Rapunzel, you couldn't keep going. That is true. But not with your telescope anyway. That is true. Be like, yeah, it's it's one of those more that do you believe in curses? Do you not believe in curses? Yeah. Be like, do you believe that be like if you do something curses. you're cursed? Yes. It'd be like, are are you doomed forever to be, you know, so that that the the, the, the so called curse is gonna follow you around. And uh Eugene, his entire be like there's just saying curses curses, it's just happen circumstances it happens mm-hmm. and uh the fact to be like towards the end of the show into the episode he is like almost believing now in curses or l- at least something uh, akin to curses in a way or yeah. good luck at least when he grabs the horseshoe right. that's just down there for no reason <laughs> well he's got to pick that up for uh, max and Penelope. Penelope. I couldn't yeah. think of the girl yeah, horse's Vin- name. Yeah, Penelope. Because literally she has done nothing but be Max's girlfriend. Yeah. And not even that much of that. She's just been the other horse pulling the carriage. That is true. It really does feel like, unfortunately, that car- that car- that horse only exists because Max couldn't pull that thing by himself. Yeah. They've done nothing with her. <laughs> but anyway. That's true. But uh, overall, I do like that we do get a little more like what is going on with Vigor. It's like, yeah, he's this, you know, weird monkey that is odd, but he has those little moments where it's just like, it's like he's looking straight more, at him. There's more going on here than we're pointing at, yeah. but we don't want to tell you what it is yet. Yeah. More, th- more than meets the monkey paw. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, overall, like it's a great episode. It's, uh, it's giving into the fears, giving into the paranoia of uh, a curse or I- I'm being, uh, possessed. Something's haunting me. Or something like that, and you just threw a toy at me. Intentionally. <laughs> Intentionally. But uh, you threw a figure at me. Let's say that. A guardian. Um, huh? A guardian. A guardian. What, you throwing your guardian at me now for a be like, I can, you know, you'll no, defend no, your no. keyboard? <laughs> no, that's not it. Dude, look at me a mark. But um, yeah, overall, it's a great episode. It does kind of show that be like, a curse is simply you know, like you just the uh, placebo effect, like you said yeah. before. Uh, it's just like, like it's the idea. Of be like you if some if you believe something hard enough, you just make you make yourself believe it. Yeah, and you just you fall into the 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 traps of it. And be like you just you find yourself you are consumed by it, and once you are brought out of that, you are brought out of that that that. you're brought out of that, that, uh, that, that mental state, that mm-hmm. mental state that you, you, know, you, your, your confidence is back. And like you said, be like once Rapunzel realize, like, even though it'd be like Eugene did trick her, did trick her. That'd be like, Oh, it's this moose, moose tooth, which was actually yes. shorty's tooth. Which is, yeah. <laughs> I agree with Edna. Rapunzel. Ugh. Uh, it was Edna. 
Edna. Yeah, Edna the Tooth. Edna the Tooth. Of course, he, he names Important his character in this show. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh, but it's just it's learning not to be uh, consumed by it's basically not consumed by fear or like be like uh, well, I believe it, uh, some such thing as curses. Yeah, and I I really like where they kind of touch on the idea of those those general points and it's a really good episode mm-hmm. and it leads into other things that are going to happen later in this season. Right. Thoughts. I mean, it's, it, it, I'm in a different position than you are because you've seen the whole show. Yes. At this point me. Yeah. I've seen this episode before and like the next couple episodes, mm-hmm. but I have no idea where we're going. So it kind well, I have vague ideas where we're going. Yes. Um, so I honestly don't know what episodes are important in yeah. reality and which ones are just filler. Now, granted, a lot of these episodes, even if they pretty much are filler episodes, they mm-hmm. have something that moves the overall mm-hmm. plot along or helps you understand characters better. Yeah. So it's not like complete filler that doesn't need to exist at all. Yeah. But uh, this episode, for the most part... Uh, it's it it doesn't even really do much to make me worry about Vigor, even though it's his second episode. Because right. outside of ooking and aking, you mm-hmm. know, a couple of words that Madame Canardist, um, I still love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that translates as this curse of bad luck. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the whole gist of the episode is that that bad luck that he did did nothing mm-hmm. all he did was make her think that she had bad yeah, luck got in her head got in her head which means the monkey really did nothing which doesn't make me worry about who at least at, least at this point doesn't yeah. make me worry about who vigor actually is even yeah. though there's more to him mm-hmm. obviously uh than what they're actually showing mm-hmm. right now uh the fact that a character like this has shown up this quickly in the series mm-hmm. is already uh, worrisome—not worrisome, but already kind of telling. Mm-hmm. Because um, you think about other characters who showed up, like uh, the uh, most characters who show up, they showed up in one season, one episode, and then unless that episode happened to be kind of lead into the next one. We almost never see those characters again until like a whole nother season has passed. Right. Like um, Red and Angry. Mm-hmm. We only, there are almost a whole season's worth of episodes passed between Big Brothers of Corona and mm-hmm. uh, the first Vigor, the Visionary episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, we get all the stuff with Varian like every five or six episodes, but he's with, the, he was with them walking distance of where the princess was for most mm-hmm. of the time. Not I mean at walking distance, but he was with, it made sense he could come back yeah. regularly. Right now, Rapunzel and the crew are on a trip. Now, yes, they are on apparently a little bit of a circuitous trip since they're able to, especially in the next episode, be mm-hmm. able to be close enough they can get uh, Stallion back involved yeah. in things. Yeah. But the fact that this character showed up this quickly and doesn't have any and has a vague story arc at best so far especially when all it is it's obviously all a con mm-hmm. 
to some degree, or at least that's how they keep presenting it. Right. Um, it's it, it's really telling that this there's more to Vigor and Madame Canardis than they're showing. Now I mm. don't know what what Madame Canardis could be doing. Yeah. Considering I kind of accidentally found out that Vigor is connected to like the main plot directly. Yeah. For lack of a better term, mm. I don't know how she's connected in, but it it is interesting. For the most part, the episode almost could be written off as just a standard episode where the characters learned an important lesson about life that everyone needs to learn. Right. But, uh, for the overall plot, this has very little to add to it other than we had this guy come back. It's obviously important, but we're still not telling you who he is. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's not a bad episode. It's just not pushing the story as forward as I want. True. And that's really the problem we've run into, in my opinion, for the last, really every episode since, um, beyond the Corona walls is yeah, we're following these black rocks and where they're pointing, but there's not much addition to the story overall. I mean, we had some stuff with keeper of the spire and then the forest of no return, uh, introducing these obvious important characters, uh, are really getting into who these characters are Mm -hmm. and important plot areas. But for the most part, it's just, it's an okay episode. It's just not, you know, top of the line. Right. Totally get nothing here that made me like laugh really yeah. hard. This was just like a normal episode. Yeah. Not bad, but not necessarily good. Agreed. Uh, next episode. If I assume you're ready to move on to the yes. next episode. The next episode is the eye of Pencosta directed by Joe O and Jeremy ship. Guest fat guest cast for this includes Yvonne Strahovski as stallion. Curtis Armstrong as constable lump. Lil Ray Howery as Virtuous St. Goodberry. Danny Trejo as the Malice Marauder. Okay, I remember that. (laughs) And Jake the Snake Roberts as Dart Playing Thug. Really? Yeah. At this point, Disney was just throwing famous people into stuff, I think. Apparently. Because you wouldn't know that's who these people were unless you looked it up. Yeah. Because there's like, these are just characters. Uh, anyway, synopsis for this one. The group arrived in the town of Pencosta, but Eugene is immediately thrown in jail for having previously stolen the town's largest diamond, the Eye of Pencosta. The sheriff declares Eugene to work in a deadly copper mines, and soon the rest of the group are thrown in jail. Rapunzel negotiates with the sheriff to find and retrieve the Eye of Pencosta in exchange for everyone's release, but must return in two days. Rapunzel confronts Eugene about theft, who reluctantly reveals he previously worked together with Stallion, forcing Rapunzel to seek Stallion out and persuade her to help. Rapunzel and Stallion track down the new owner, Mr. Goodberry, who agrees to hand over the eye if they participate in a wrestling match. Rapunzel agrees, but Stallion double-crosses her, having secretly stolen back the eye, and intends to use it to free Eugene and win him back for herself. Rapunzel is left to fight on her own, but Stallion returns with a change of heart after finding a letter Rapunzel previously wrote to her, encouraging her there is good in everyone. Bull. Uh, <laughs> Agreed. Uh, Rapunzel and Stallion are declared the winners and the two part ways, but not before Stallion reveals their acceptance to Eugene and Rapunzel's love for each other. Rapunzel returns to Pencosta with the jewel, setting Eugene and the group free. I said bull about there being good in everyone because theologically that's not true. Yeah. Well, pe- well people, but I, just... I will accept it solely on the, on the idea that relatively yeah. to each other, yeah. <laughs> there is good in everyone. Right. True goodness? Different. No. no, no, we're all evil. Uh, <laughs> trivia for this episode uh, the tavern where Rapunzel and Stallion meet is 
called the glass slipper obviously a reference to the glass slipper in cinderella mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on this episode uh this is more there again it's the travel episode we go to a town we really don't get to meet yeah at all we don't stay here long thankfully no and uh eugene gets thrown in because of his past because yeah his uh flynn rider days and uh it's basically it's a episode where a part of eugene's past comes back as in stallion and uh her and rapunzel have to work together mm-hmm and it's 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 unique it's unique and it's like the the thing that kind of bothered me is the it, it will take three days to get to this certain town to get this jewel yes the to the the jewel of pincosta and uh it's like oh all we need is go down this rapid you know rap or whatever it's a good scene do not get me wrong yeah but it's just like okay then why don't people do that normally just like take that really, really interesting, very convenient shortcut, and then you they mean, get. They you get, mean the white water rafting down the, down, down the uh, the river? Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because it's dangerous. Because the problem is not the road. Mm-hmm. The road probably does follow that river pretty much. Probably. The problem is by foot. It's gonna take three days. days. Agreed. Versus because you know at best they're probably walking maybe two or three miles an hour right which limits them to 20 miles per day yeah on average which means that that town is 60 miles away right ish yeah you're gonna go faster on a river 60 miles agreed than you will now i all especially if you've got uh if you're able to row into the water especially with the current right the real question i have is I'm just going to throw this out there. Okay. It's going to take. Okay. Pinco- the town of Pincosta, mm-hmm. the hamlet of Pincosta, yeah. I should say. It's a hamlet. And, and the glass slipper mm-hmm. are s- relatively close enough together. Okay. Maybe an hour or two's journey between the two, let's say. Okay. It's going to take three days by foot mm-hmm. to go from the glass slipper. To where Goodberry is. Yeah. Which means that by foot, it's going to take three days to go from where Goodberry is to Pencosta. And it only has two days to do this. It only has two days to do the whole thing. Now, granted, they have horses on the return journey. True. But the return journey has a grand total of maybe six hours that they have to make it. They killed those horses getting back. Oh, yeah. Those poor horses are, you <laughs> There's know, now, no way they didn't get back there without nearly killing those poor horses because that is like almost the end of day two. Yeah. When they're actually having the fight with female Danny Trejo. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> that just killed me when I realized me like, that's Danny Trejo. <laughs> that, that's Machete. <laughs> that's Machete. <laughs> Fighting Rapunzel. <laughs> Which be like this? This is this is a goofy episode. The logic in it makes no sense. Definitely yeah. when it comes to your, your time frame, and uh, it's a yeah, it's just like oh, they they help each other and be like oh, Rapunzel's the be like oh, everybody's good inside in general, which is there again horse hockey. Yeah, uh, it'd be like if you ever around people in general for less than you know an hour, like yeah, we're not exactly great people. And, and plus, you're talking about stallion. Yeah, stallion has one goal yeah to take your man yeah flynn rider and even if she is the three-dimensional character that she kind of ends up being in this Mm -hmm. 
and actually realizes that you know maybe there is more to maybe they really are a better couple than me and him would ever have been right even though she has to take the money as second prize right uh, it's just it, parts of this go too smoothly even with the backstabbing yeah i agree better term. agreed it, the, the episode just go, moves too too smoothly, I think, from one end to the other. It's not that this is a bad episode. Don't no. get me wrong. It's actually a very fun episode to yeah. watch. But it's almost... It's it's a popcorn muncher episode. Yeah, agreed. You're not meant to think about it, because if you think about it too hard, you're just going to go, what? That doesn't <laughs> work. Also, why does this guy sound like a jazz singer who's running this... Uh, <laughs> the, 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 this wwe arena <laughs> too true and that's the bigger question if i remember correctly jake the snake uh-huh. is a wrestler he's a former wrestler yes why is he not the one at the at, the, at goodberry's that, they, arena that makes sense instead of danny trejo who doesn't wrestle yeah he's just an actor he's just an actor a very rough looking actor who yes was more who started life as a stunt double but true why didn't you get the wrestler to be in the wrestling ring <laughs> that would have been and maybe that's who they originally cast somebody just didn't fit the character i don't know hmm. but the character who snarls and rah, rah, rah. yeah <laughs> which because there's danny so much Tre- acting in yeah that. it's danny trejo <laughs> danny trejo can do a lot of stuff that is true this is the kid who this is the guy who uh i first met in spy kids that is true. the first thing i ever saw the guy in true and it's like you don't look like you should be around kids, much less the spy variety. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yes, it's an okay episode. All right. Did you finish your thoughts on it? Yes, I, know I, kinda interrupted I did. It. I did. All right. That brings us to the end of these episodes. Join us next time for Rap- Rapunzel and, and the, the Great Tree. Tree. Yay! <laughs> the episode that is the entire reason we're, we're doing, doing this. this. We started this. Anyway, episodes be like it's a two-parter. You know, I know, a, I know. We said it was like three or four episodes, and I the more I think about it, it had to be the night we recorded the Tangled episode. Yeah, it had to have been. Yeah, but anyway, that we that you showed me the clip from this. Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! <laughs> so yeah, join us next week for that. Yeah, and of course, Wonder Park, mm-hmm. whatever that's going to be about, <laughs> outside of an amusement park that I'm assuming is somehow magical you're not wrong (laughs) anyway uh, join us next week for that but in the meantime this has been drew this is jacob and we'll catch you in the next frame you can follow jacob on his facebook at jacob b heron his facebook page jacob's daily art corner where he tries to draw each and every day his instagram at jacob b heron his twitter at jacob heron and his letterbox to jacob heron you can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's photo bin to see his photography. His letterboxed page at GGeorge759. His Twitter at GGeorge759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at The Cellcast Podcast. On Twitch at The Cellcast Gaming. On YouTube at Cellcast. On Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts. Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser.
Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell with a single L. should add more special effects like exploding socks. Waka waka!